Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Chase Sexton, you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, boys and girls? Episode 91 of the Moto X Pod show. We are back with a pretty cool lineup tonight. We've got Troy Lee Designs, KTM, Jordan Smith, Traders, Race, Traders Yamaha Racing, uh, Kenny Day, and Skip Norfolk, and a pre-recorded interview with uh, Rockstar Huskies' Michael Moseman. He was scheduled to be on tonight, but yesterday he told me that he had some things come up. So we, I just recorded it on my phone last night so you guys are going to notice that the quality of that sound is probably not as uh let's say it's not as up to par as hopefully our show normally is but it was still a really great interview we'll tag that on the end um and then we're going to talk to elizabeth hooker at the end of the show if you guys remember we had her on a while back um she had had a double uh that's it's not a uh breast cancer so, anyway, I was going to say double vasectomy. I'm not sure if that's right, though. I think it is. But, anyway, um, she, uh, she's she got some pretty cool news to announce, and uh, I want to get her on to tell us about that a little bit. Um, you guys are wondering, that song that we introed with is a band called Idle War out of California. They're pretty cool. All right, let's do these sponsors real quick. Um, you know what's up. Our show is brought to you by Shock Socks. Uh, Check them out at your local uh, motorcycle dealership or burnmotorsports.com. Follow them on Instagram. We're also brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you need new graphics, vintage graphics, Char can hook you up. Char at mxgirl.com. We're brought to you by All Sport Dynamics. The wrist braces are the, the helmets for your wrist. You know the guys that wear these, man. Joey Savacci, Adam Ciancerello, Weston Pike. We talk about it every week. Uh, professional athletes all around the world wear these things. Hit them up at wrist brace guy on instagram or email me darksidemx3 at aol.com doc you're sitting in the studio you just got your custom set in what do you think uh i mean i haven't ridden with them yet but uh they look pretty sick they're a lot smaller they feel way more comfortable so i'm ready to ride with them yeah the uh the custom ones are quite a bit shorter they don't come up your wrist as much as the off the shelf ones that are made to fit lots of different but they're a little bit pricier too, but yeah. they're they're pretty rad. That's but I mean, after breaking my wrist, we're not trying to do that again. I mean, yeah, yeah, breaking it twice. Twice, so. dude, I've been there three <laughs> three times for me, so I am one hundred percent with you. When you bend the metal, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. You need to stop that prescription stuff. So, 
Uh, also, we're, we're sponsored by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is the independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Hit them up at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. And as I've mentioned before, we're proud to have Fly Racing on board. Um, established 1998. They've come a long way with amazing new lines like the Evolution DST, of course, the light hydrogen, kinetic shield, kinetic noise. Uh, you know, they have all kinds of mountain bike stuff, brand new F2 carbon helmet with MIPS, guys like Zach Osborne, Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Benny Bloss, Team TPJ, Andrew Short, Damon frickin' Bradshaw, all trust fly, so you should too. All right, man, so we're back. Um, Doc, you watched uh, Bud's Creek I last did. week. You had you didn't watch Unadilla, so that kind of was tough to talk about, Didn't, yeah. but that's all right. But um, yeah, so we're gonna call Muscle Mark here in just a moment, I believe. Let me check this text and see if he's ready. Yeah, he's gonna be ready. So before we get into Bud's Creek, um, let's talk about. We had Taylor Hyman on. She was a makeup to mud girl last year. She was. Uh, she has been on our show a couple times. She was on a team that was gonna do the Vegas Torino this year. That was Friday. Unfortunately, Taylor broke her leg like the week before, but. She, you know, they have a uh, a fill in. Her team stepped up. Um, it was her sister Jody Hyman, Sierra Aguilera, uh, Darren Darian Hickey, and Amber West was the team. They won their class. That was team. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. They, uh, I was kind of keeping up with them on Instagram. And yeah, I saw it on her. Dude, story, she posted so. a snapshot of like the GPS or whatever they have of I think it was Sierra that was riding at the time and was averaging something like ninety seven miles an hour through the <laughs> desert. Gosh, that's hell that's, no. I mean, it would be fun, but man, that's fast, <laughs> dude. That is so like I might do that down a highway, <laughs> but through the desert when over the next sand dune there might be a gully. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not happening. Those chicks. I, that still sounds pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> those chicks are bad ass. So um, they're gonna be on. We're gonna get at least a few of the girls on next week. Um, they're all doing things tonight, so I couldn't get them all in one place. But Taylor's gonna get a few of them together. But I do want to want to just give a shout out to her team. It was Premier Glass, um, Team Aggie A G G I E. Uh, she sent me a list of everybody. So here's a list of the entire team: Sierra Aguilera, Jody Hyman, Darian Hickey, Amber West, Dan Hyman. That's the two that you know, Jody and Taylor's dad, mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Hyman, Tony and Lisa Aggie, the Castens family, David Carts, Tank Walters, Chris and Dave Fry, Matt Kane, Mike and Tiffany, and Brett Aguilera. And Travis Oakburn, I hope I say those right. Those are all people that helped her out. You know, I just want to give them a shout out because Taylor's been real cool to to us as a show, and I just think that's pretty rad, dude. I, I mean, Vegas Torino is pretty gnarly. I would think. Yeah, Don't that's, that's got to be crazy. I mean, it sounds fun. Yeah, but well, it's and be. I, I one of the girls had some GoPro footage uh, posted, and I think that might have also been. Or no, that might have been Jody. I can't remember anyway. It was just like. She's going along, and somehow she knows there's a buggy or a truck coming up behind her. I guess she can hear it, and she kind of pulls over. She looks back, and this fucking <laughs> buggy or truck goes flying by. You can't oh, yeah, see because... anything. I'm like, dude, that is so dangerous. Yeah, it's like so crazy. I I, re- I did a little bit of desert riding, <laughs> racing when I was younger, but like when you watch what those girls were doing, and dude, like, why do the cars and trucks not just go first? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because they let them go like a couple hours before or after the bikes. And yeah, go, it's so which is, weird. But you would I'm, think they'd do the opposite. We'll have to ask the girls like what what the thought behind that is. I'm maybe sure they have they a lot more experience. Trucks, they, they don't want to be in all that dust. Maybe, but it it was just very cool what I got to see, and I had nothing to do with it, but I'm pretty proud of them. It's pretty pretty rad. Yeah, so it's pretty awesome. Um, so and we got a giveaway. Uh, I'm looking for my notes on it. Oh, they're right here in front of me. <laughs> So our buddy Hal Simpson, you guys probably know Hal. He calls. He's been on our show. He calls into Pulp. He ordered a Pro Taper Twister aluminum throttle for his KTM, and what he got was a Pro Taper Twister aluminum throttle for a Suzuki, Kawasaki, or a Yamaha four-stroke. And it comes with some insert for one of the bikes. I don't know, but anyway, we've got this item. Hal said to give it away in the show. So if you need a Pro Taper Twister aluminum throttle tube. For a Suzuki, Kawasaki, or Yamaha four-stroke, tag us on Instagram of a, pic- a picture of one of those bikes that you own. Um, tag us and put, like, hashtag Hal Simpson rules. Tag the show, Moto X Pod, something like that. Or you can do Hal Simpson's a gay. I don't care. Just tag, do a hashtag Hal Simpson, something funny. I don't care. But um, And we'll pick one um, probably Saturday. We'll pick somebody to win this thing. So, yeah. And I'll post it on Instagram later on. All right, so Doc, you ready? we're gonna call Mark. Yeah, that's fine. Haven't talked to Mark on the show in a while. He's been uh, out of town working. He kind of stepped away from the show a little bit, but he uh, he's gonna come on tonight, and we'll talk about Bud's Creek. Cool, cool. So just uh, yeah, bear with this whatever this lack of content while I try to p- pull up Mark's number. Here we go. Turn the phone back up. Patreon.com. Patreon.com. We need your support. Hello? Muscle Mark. What's up? What's up, dude? Sitting in studio with uh, Doc Smith. What's up, dude? Hey, Doc. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, uh, we just kind of started. We got our intro going, and we uh, figured we'd get you on and talk about Bud's Creek. I know you've been out of town working, but, or you were in town this week, so did you get a chance to watch the race? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I actually watched it. All four of the motos for the first time this summer, probably. Now you probably uh, couldn't. You probably could not do that live because you were announcing at Village Creek, weren't you? I was, yeah, doing the announcer thing. So I had to wait till the next day to watch it. Well, before we get into buds, and tell me how uh, how Village went. How did the announcing go? Uh, it was fine, man. It was you know good night of racing, not a huge turnout, but uh, you know at this time of year, I guess that's expected for a night race. So. Hot, hot, hot. I, I would be there, though. I mean, you would think it'd be good during the summer, but right. it was just okay. But they had uh, they had a bikini contest, which was kind of second rate, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, I, I, I saw that on the Instagram, the Village Creek Instagram. Yeah, my wife watched it. I did, and I came down. I had to come back down to get the microphone from the girl that was announcing it, like oh. whoever the – Chick is it takes these girls around and does these silly little competitions. But okay, so they they, uh, they didn't let you uh, announce the girls, huh? No, no, I was fine with that. <laughs> so I wanted they did it during intermission. Yeah, and I wanted to break anyway, so it worked. But it's uh, now it's a good weekend. I thought Bud's Creek was a pretty awesome race. It's uh, 450 class is pretty interesting, but. I just I'm curious how does uh, that second moto when Rock you know when Marv just faded yeah 
into oblivion, basically. Like, how does that happen? When Man. you train in that kind of humidity all the time, and Tomac trained at elevation with no humidity, and he just still handles it. I just have this feeling based off mental. Well, let's see. And based off what Mathis had said, he had a crash a couple weeks ago that he admitted bothered him. And I, I'm wondering if it's whatever it is, it's still bugging him. Cause that was a, yeah, it was almost like he gave up, you know, he didn't give up clearly, but it was a big, big change. I would think it had to be something, right? Because, like, yeah. that's just not his M.O. He's always fit, you know? Yep. And Roxon faded, too, but, you know, that's kind of happened a few times this year. He's been hurt and trying to get back to back to square, I guess you could say. But Dude, he, he I thought he was going to get that overall, and I was really stoked on it. Me, too. I was pumped about it. Yeah, he. I mean, he's going to be good in Supercross, I think, and – you know, just talking about Marvin still, you know, and they've been talking about Alex Martin. Um, you know, he's stepping away from Bakers because it seems like it's really physically draining on him. And I'm no expert. I mean, you've done some physical training before, Mark. Uh, I mean, you know, what kind of toll does that take on somebody's body when you train that much? Uh, you just get really run down. Um, like, you don't have, you basically just have no energy, no drive. Your body's yeah. not recovering. You know, Things of that. Oop. Are you there, Mark? We're losing you. Oh, may have lost him. Hey, man, you still there? All right, we'll try calling him back. See what, uh, so yeah, what are your opinions on that kind of stuff, uh, Doc? Oh, on the, like him fading like that? Yeah. Well, like I said, I think it's mental, but I mean, a, a person that hasn't faded. Like the verses before that, like the whole pretty much series, he didn't fade. Leave a yeah. message. Thanks. Oh. Um, I mean, he didn't fade during the whole series pretty much. So I think it's really got to be mental at that point to where he's kind of given up on like that race. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if you've ever really had like like a heat exhaustion thing. If, if there was a point, oh, hang on, he's calling back. Hey, you there? Yeah, that was my bad. My the no Bluetooth and my in here just I had a call come in and like somebody tried to beep in and it just automatically switched over to them for oh, yeah. whatever oh, reason. Okay. No problem, no problem. But, but we you were talking about uh, you know, be, the it wearing you down and not having in any energy and you know and well, I was like it, it, go ahead. ahead no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well same with Amar it is like I think he already kinda knew what works for him. So I don't. I didn't really see a sense in, in changing that. Like he was having some pretty good success. Sure. Without that, and it's like I said, that program's not for everybody. It works for very few people, actually. If yeah. you really, really look at it objectively, it's hard for. It's not going to work for everybody. Yeah. It works for a lot of guys, but well, it does not. It seems to work if you want to say it works for the elite riders who are already so fucking talented anyway. Yeah, and yep. you know, and then it almost you know you, you could look at it as he has the elite guys, and those guys are probably going to win either way, and it just makes it look like his program is the best program. But you know, everybody knows that, like you said, not every program is good for everybody. So for sure, and for I, sure. you know, and I wonder, like I'm thinking about this because yesterday we had a hell of a day at work. It's humid here in Texas. I got to a point where like I thought. I was going to pass out. And then you can't really recover from that. You just, you could sit down for a few minutes and you cool down. And as soon as you go back to work, your, your legs are rubbery, you know, and if, if Marvin maybe had, has gotten to that point where he's just exhausted, you just can't do anything at that point. You, you can want to go faster and more all you, all you want, but it just doesn't work. 
no, you're a complete failure at that point. And he would need, uh, I mean, without rehydrating and getting a good rest, which you can't do in the middle of a moto, there's no recovering from that. Even without an, without an IV, which we, we know how that goes, I'm <laughs> sure guys still use them. But they, uh, without an IV, like, you're not going to get back to square right away. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So you're, if you dehydrate yourself, it takes the body a minute to – to get to process everything back and to get, you know, to get you back to square. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it sucks. And it's that championship was still, uh, I mean, it's still not over yet, but it's kind of slipping back out of his grasp. He kind of got back, back, a t- back a hold of it. And then, yep. of course, beating Tomac's a, a tall order right now. Yeah. There were, he kind of just does what he wants. Sure. There was a moment where, I mean, Marvin really had a realistic chance going into the final round. I mean, if he, yeah, it, it was close, he, and he just he let it go, you know. And we know he didn't just so. Oh well, I give up. And there's no way physically he had to just had nothing left, or had a bike issue that we don't know about. Well, that could be very, that very much could be the case too. But watching his his, his body language and watching him ride around, it just to me, I would go on the side of that he was fatigued and, yeah. and just spent, you know, and yeah. rocking through. Like, when he, when, when Tomac went by both of them, they, I mean, there was no fight to give. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. Roxon was spent, too. So, yeah. Dude, those guys, they put everything they have out there. It's pretty amazing. It's a long summer, man. People <laughs> don't realize, like, two 30-minute motos, the grind training the week of. Yep. Hard yep. life. I mean, it sounds like a dream job, but it ain't like they get away with just doing nothing they have to work if they want to be good at it you know definitely what about the so, 250 uh, class man rj hampshire awesome. getting getting him a, an yeah. overall yeah that was sick you know i feel like it's, it's he's been a long time coming for that and uh you know it, it, it's it's not worked out for him due to circumstances a lot of times so you know this one this was probably a good one for him and he, he's too good not to win or he's sure. supposed to be anyways you know and, yeah, uh, but plus, I think you're wrapping that title up too. I guess that probably deflates the rest. <laughs> it probably will be a very uneventful. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. I hope some of these guys that are are, you know, eight through twelfth, really have a get fired up. Let's come out to Iron Man and show us something. You know, guys like Michael Moseman and and um, uh, Jordan Smith, who we just talked to a little bit ago. You know, which well. <laughs> People listening don't know that because I've, I've got the, the – we're doing the intro to the show after the Jordan Smith interview. So, anyway, we're about to talk to Jordan Smith. Let me change that. We're about to talk to Jordan Smith, and I have a feeling he's yeah. going to – anyway, I hope some of those guys step up, man. I, I interviewed Michael last night because he was supposed to be on tonight, but he had a scheduling conflict, so I just did it last night. And, man, you know, right. he, he led a little bit there at Unadilla in the mud, and he was feeling good, and, and then at Moto 1 – at Bud's Creek, he's battling with Jordan Smith, and like I, I would like to see some of these guys that are kind of outside the top five step up. I'll say this about Moseman: like I think he's he's starting to figure it out. Yes, you're starting to really hear him being talked about a lot more. As far, just even a race commentary, things like that, his results have been pretty good. Like he's starting to come come because I've been waiting on somebody other than Oswald from that Ucky team. Yeah, the 250 side to do something, and he's starting to do it. You know? Well, yeah, I don't. He's not re-signed for next year, and you know, he he told me, and I actually read this in an article that Transworld did, where he said, and again, this interview is going to come after after me talking about this, but whatever. 
He he said that you know in the beginning you know this is his rookie year guys like Zach Osborne would pass him at you know Atlanta or whatever and he'd be like holy shit that's Zach Osborne basically and you know right. he didn't really believe or feel like he belonged but he feels that way now. Yeah, and that's really all it takes with those guys. They're already really good. They wouldn't have that. They wouldn't get signed out of the amateurs if they weren't. Right. And uh, once they once they believe they can do it, and you put confidence with with the skills. And good things start happening, you know. It's, everybody's transition's different, you know. Definitely. Especially in this day and age, you don't just see guys come out anymore and start winning right away. I, I, I feel like those days are over with. I don't feel like you'll ever see that again. Yeah, you, but, you, we might get one or one guy every couple of years that can do that, yeah. but there's so much talent, yeah. and like the the field's already so stacked. Like you know, a lot of these top guys are staying in the class for so long. Yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody just to come out and. And, and well, these... that's that's part of my reasoning for that is they're going to have to be those kids are going to come out and in effect everybody, but they're still going to be racing throwing in for a while. Yeah. now. it's a different ball game. Right. Know? Yeah, it's 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 so, pretty cool though. I mean, I think we got a lot of cool things to look forward to in the near future with a uh, with the sport. And I uh, mean, I'm ready. I'm ready for Supercross now. I am too, man. I, every time when he, every time each series starts getting to the end, <laughs> I'm ready for the other one to start. Yeah. So, unfortunately, now we, we, we're we Supercross ending. We have a week to wait. Now we've got four months or whatever it is. Right. So, but there's some interesting things happening between now and then, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you. We've we got about just a few more minutes before we got to get Kenny Day on. But what, what are your thoughts on the change for Team Puerto Rico? And, and what was your thoughts originally? Well, I mean, I thought it was a good idea. They're doing it for a good cause, and that's all fun. But at the same time, like, you know what it takes to get a license. You know what it takes to enter a race. This ain't Red Bull Straight Rhythm. This is an actual. There's a sanctioning body. You got. There's a couple sanctioning bodies you got to go through. Yep. To race this one. So I don't know why anybody thought that wouldn't be hiccups there. You know. Yeah, I think that but was. I feel like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I feel like if they're going to replace him, you know, they couldn't have got a better guy. Yeah. I agree. I was telling Doc earlier that. Um, hell, this might have been off there. I can't remember, but like, I really hope it was off there. But I hope that Kevin and Travis really at least try to get in some kind of race shape, you know. And I think yeah. they will. Where, dude, I think if well, I'd love to see him make the A main, but then the rumor is I don't, uh, you probably haven't listened to Pulp yet, but Math has said that he talked to some people in the know, and that even if they make the A main, they may not ride it, they may step down. Like, they're just basically going to do just for financial. To bring some money into Puerto Rico to raise money—that's the whole goal. I, I don't know how accurate right. that is, but that's his opinion. No, I heard that. I've been—I've been, I've been listening. I'm, a, I'm still driving. I just now got into Midland because I got okay. back on duty tomorrow. Oh, all right. So I've been listening to the Pulp Show the whole way out here. Sweet, yeah, I heard sweet. that. It, it makes sense. I mean, if they get the B main, why not race that? But yeah, I don't know. I'd love to know? see them make the A main, though. I mean, shit. I—you obviously they're not a podium contender, but just to to have those guys out there would be rad. At least go out there and do the starts and make some laps and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty pretty excited that I'm going to get to at least witness some of that. I'm, I'm trying to get – every time I ask off for work, I've gotten denied. But <laughs> it's been for Thanksgiving and uh, the week after Christmas, so I, I understand why. But yeah. maybe if they'll let me off for that, I might end up coming up there and seeing you guys. Yeah, I need to, man. It's, you know, like it, it's just going to be one of those things that I, I don't know that we'll get too many more chances in our lifetime to, to – experience it yeah and i've done it once man yep. across the nations there's nothing like it it's, it's an awesome if you've ever been there once you once you 
been there and gone, it's, it, it'll stay imprinted in your in your brain forever. Like I still remember so many things about that day, about both days, going to qualifying Saturday and then watching the race this Sunday, and uh, it was cool. I mean, it, it, there's nothing like that race ever. Nothing compares to it. Right. So. You'll, you'll have a good time. I hope I can make it. We'll see that. I'm looking forward to it. I still don't have tickets because they still have not posted media credential links yet. Um, right. I keep, I keep telling, being told they're coming. It's going to be on the website soon. But like I, t- I told Redbud the other day when I talked to him, I was like, well, you know, we have to start booking flights and rooms. And she's like, I know, I know. We're waiting on, you know, Ustream. And, but I told TJ, like, I'm going. I don't care if I have a ticket or not. If I have to sneak in somehow, I'm getting in. <laughs> I, I just I booked my flight. I have a place to stay. I'm going. Oh, I can hear you. All right. His phone's acting silly again. Well, that's fine. We're about to have to wrap this up, but we got to call Kenny Day with Traders Yamaha. Cool. And then uh, we've got Skip on after that, and um, we're gonna, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, race director for Traders, and um, so I got they're going to be on, and then. We're gonna wrap up with Elizabeth Hooker, who, if you remember, she was on. She's the one that had the breast cancer. Oh, I know, I know, I know, Liz. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we we go back and forth on social media. Yeah, she's cool. I very, like Elizabeth. Very cool. She's got some pretty cool news to announce tonight, so we're gonna have her on for a few minutes, and um, we're gonna call it well, a night. And I'm gonna try to get home. Tell her I said hello and uh, enjoy uh, talking to to Skimp. He'll always be my grass mechanic to me, but oh yeah, he's got a new role now. That's cool either way, though. So. You guys have fun. Good talking to you. All right, Mark. Be safe out there, man. Nice talking to you. We'll do it, man. Y'all be good. Okay, see ya. See ya. Muscle Mark headed back out to the oil field. Um, Not a fun job, but a pretty well-paying job. So Yeah. All right. Dad does. All right. So, um, yeah, like I said, (laughs) I know you guys haven't heard the interviews that I mentioned, but they will be coming. So we will uh, be back here in a little bit. Our next guest is brought to you by Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics, an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. On the line with us is Troy Lee Designs Red Bull KTM number 45, Jordan Smith. What's up, Jordan? Uh, not much, guys. How you doing? Doing good, man. We're just uh, excited to get to talk to you. Um you know, it came off of Bud's Creek. How'd that go for you? How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, it was uh, a little bit of a rough weekend. Um, the overall result, I uh, felt really good all day. Uh, I been pretty good in the first moto and, and finished up sixth. And there was a lot of guys uh, right there. We kind of had a freight train going. And I uh, finished up sixth in the first moto. And then uh, second moto was kind of cut a little bit short for me. I went down in the first turn and then, 
got back up and, and got going again and, and got together with another rider again. And, and uh, I kind of hurt my shoulder a bit, and uh, I was kind of too weak to to finish out the, the race. So, uh, unfortunately, I had to pull off and, and uh, just start getting ready for this coming weekend at Ironman. Yeah, you're you're currently, uh, I believe, in 10th place. I'm sure that's not where you want to be. Um, but what do, what have you taken away from this season that you you know to just to build on for 2019? Yeah, I mean uh, overall, you know, it's uh, probably my best my best outdoor season ever. Um, with I've had a lot of injuries, and, and last year I actually missed the entire entire season. I didn't even uh, make it to one race. So uh, for me to get out there and, and get all 12 rounds in and and uh and just you know get that experience of, of racing it's uh it's completely different racing than than supercross is so sure. to get that experience and and get all the tracks you know it's uh there was a few tracks that that i had been to that, that i had never even been to this year with south lake and then uh a couple other ones that i had went to but but it ended up like not racing or something my rookie year so right uh, it was it was definitely uh, a lot of learning and and uh just gonna try and finish out strong here and kind of uh, get some give some confidence for for next year outdoors. Absolutely, yeah. And getting to race all those tracks this year, what was your favorite track all of, out of all of them? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I typically like Unadilla. Uh, with the rain this year, it wasn't really my favorite. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really like I really like uh, Colorado. That track is, is a lot of fun, and, and it's a really good race track. It has a lot of lines, so. Uh, usually it's really rutted and, and it's not easy to pass, but, but there's definitely passing lines out there. So yeah, that, that's always a, a good one. And, and I think that the, the racing seems a little bit better to me there. I'm not sure if it's uh, because of the, the bikes are a little bit slower, so we can kind of ride to, you know, just pushing the bikes to the, to the complete limits or, or what, but the, that track always, I always have fun there. Yeah, I've heard that about the the bikes being a little maybe a little more equal or whatever, and it, it it yeah, I've heard that for you guys it makes it a better better racing. And it's funny, I was talking to Michael Moseman last night, and he said the same thing about Thunder Valley, exact same thing, line choices, and and so that's, that's interesting. We went, I went up there last year for the first time, and that place was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of fun uh, of a race for me. My first year there, we uh, I think it had rain. The, the locals were saying that it had rained for like 29 of the 30 days before we showed <laughs> wow, up. Yeah. So the ground was just like extremely saturated, and, yeah. and it was the, the ruddiest race I've ever rode in my life. I mean, you were taking off the jumps in ruts, and you were landing in ruts. So wow. for that race, I mean, that, that was a lot of fun to me. Actually, I, I enjoyed the, the ruts like that stuff, and, uh, the technical side of that I like. So yeah. uh, I, like, I like the races that are rutted it up and, and stuff like that. I, I would have to fake an injury for that because I I'm the opposite. I don't I'm I'm old and slow and I don't like ruts. Like um yeah. I rode amateur day at Millville this year for the first time ever and okay. um so Sunday morning they left the ruts in going up the last uphill before the finish, which probably yeah. to you was like nothing. Those things like <laughs> I was almost coming to a stop. I hated it. It was terrible. So yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not into ruts. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely a lot easier the faster you go that you hear the rust start because uh, whenever <laughs> my first year at, at at Colorado on the sight lap, uh, RJ Hampshire and I we were kind of riding around and uh, we we couldn't even hardly stay on it on two <laughs> wheels we were like almost falling and like passing each other back and forth on the sight lap and we're just yeah. like, man, 
and I actually ended up falling on the sight lap <laughs> before the photo. Right. And then uh, I, I crashed, was off the track, and I got back up. I came back. My hand guard was, like, all bent up and stuff, and I had to get it fixed before the gate dropped. And uh, I ended up getting, like, fourth or fifth in the photo. So I was like, okay, that's well, that's, uh, that's kind of funny. But, yeah, yeah it was uh, the ruts are, are definitely tough. Yeah, yeah, so you're telling me basically I just need to go faster and it'll be easier though. Yeah, carry momentum a little exactly. more. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a talking about the more momentum. Yeah. You won't have enough time. You won't have enough time to think about the rut. Okay. I'm gonna make it through. You know. Well, I'll try. I'll try that out at the next vet race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Oh man, so you know, you mentioned uh, you know your years not as not been as good as Supercross, and you know, it's, you you it's easily forgotten. I think sometimes with the hype of the champion that how close you've come to winning some championships. I mean, you were eight points off Zach, I believe this year. I mean, that's like one little mistake and you're the champion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's the, this year, yeah, I kind of started behind the able after the first two rounds. I think I was 18 points down and, you know, so or maybe, maybe like 16, it was something like that, but I think it was over 15 points after the first two rounds, I mm-hmm. finished sixth and both of them was in the first turn pileup in Dallas and, and whatnot, so I was kind of behind the eight ball and, and uh, trying to, to come back, so I felt like for me to be able to come back and, and only finish eight points down was, you know, an achievement in itself, and, uh, you know, Zach's a, a tough contender, he's tough to beat whenever, you know, he's uh, on a roll like it was, so yeah, um, you know, I ended up getting a getting a win in Daytona and, and finished on the podium uh, quite a few times, and and even on whenever I, I kind of showed up a couple nights and didn't have my best stuff and and still you know salvaged some good some good points like uh, at Indianapolis I uh, I fell in the in practice really hard I I actually had to uh, bail over the bars on a like a wall jump after the finish line and oh, then. Wow. Um, I was really sore and, and uh, was almost not even sure if I was going to be able to race, and I ended up able to salvage a, a fourth in the East-West shootout. So um, that was like a, a win for me that night. And uh, so I was proud of myself. And, uh, looking forward to the Supercross next year. Definitely. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about two two events in particular. One, winning Daytona, and then two, getting second at the – you got second at the Vegas shootout, correct? Yep. Yeah, yep, so – but winning Daytona, which is an extremely prestigious race, and then getting second with the entire all your peers in your class, all, all the guys are there. Um, you know, what does that do for your confidence? I mean, you know, and what does that? How exciting was that to win Daytona? Yeah, I mean, Daytona was that, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> just uh, just the atmosphere there, and, and kind of the you know the prestige that 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 race brings uh, with it being kind of one of a kind race and, and everything and you know it's like you don't it seems like you might not get that many chances to, to win a race like that so sure. uh, to kind of check that off my list um, was really cool this year and it was just uh, a really good day I think I had um, some of my best qualifying of the year um, there and, and I got the whole shot in both the heat race and the main and, and led every lap of them so it was kind of just like a flawless day for me and uh yeah, that was a special one to kind of celebrate with the whole team and, yeah. and everything. That was that was really cool. Right on. Yeah, and uh, pretty much being healthy through this whole year and doing both Supercross and Motocross. Uh, I was just kind of was curious what you you prefer, Supercross or Motocross. I mean, you did great in Supercross and you're doing pretty good in Motocross too. I just wanted to see what you'd rather ride. 
Yeah, uh, for me, whenever I went pro, whenever it was like my rookie year, I uh, I definitely leaned more towards the outdoor side of things. Um, it was just more what was comfortable to me and uh, what came a bit more natural. And uh, But as I've kind of gotten older and, and rode a lot of Supercross and, and, and stuff, that's, that's where I lean to a bit more now is Supercross. I uh, really enjoy um, – I really enjoy the, the supercross races and the tracks and stuff. It's uh it's kind of like a you know, a bit of a different challenge than we had, you know, growing up racing all motocross. So mm-hmm. um it's a bit of a different challenge. It's uh not not quite so sore most of the time whenever <laughs> I wake up on Sunday morning after right, right. supercross compared to an outdoors. Uh so that is a little bit nicer. But uh yeah, I mean I, I still like both of them and, and they both have their own um perks and uh challenges that come with both of them so um i really like the challenge of the outdoors though with how many you know fast guys there are it's uh it makes for you know you have to be on your game every single photo or else yeah not going to get a finish that you're happy with for sure yeah and talk about your team a little bit uh you know you ride for tyler keith they they seem to obviously they're they, they have to be happy with your results they seem to be very supportive and, and um you know it's, it seems like a really great team to work for. What do they help you with? What do they do for you that makes things easier? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, whenever I came to, to TLD uh, and at the end of 2016, that was, uh, you know, a really good move for me, I think. And, and working with Tyler has been been awesome. You know, he's helped me out a lot. And uh, he, he works really well with, uh, my trainer, uh, Brian Johnson, down at, at Belfast Training Facility. Um, they work together, you know, uh, trying to give me the best program, the best bike, and, and everything that I can. And, you know, uh, uh, TK is really dedicated to his job with uh, at the races. After each practice, he goes in, he prints out the, the segment times, the, the lap times, the all that stuff for the track map and, and we go over it all and, and go over the video and, and he tells us you know he's really good about watching and seeing things with suspension or a riding style or, or you know just picking yeah. out little things that we can do better and uh he's always been really supportive of me um on my good days and my bad days and uh that's and important always you know yeah that is important and you know this just like this year in outdoors it's not been what either of us want but um you know, we're both trying equally as hard and to, to get where we want to be. And, you know, I've made a lot of improvements throughout the outdoor season, you know, with uh, I had some photo podiums at, at Washington and Millville. And, and then, uh, you know, this weekend I had a good ride in the first photo. And just, you know, it seems like I'm riding how I want to. It's just not uh, not everything's clicking to go together. Sure. Um, get the overall results that I'm wanting to. So, uh, but, yeah, we've... Uh, it's been awesome with TLD, and, and Troy is awesome, too. Uh, he's he's one of a kind. He's a character, <laughs> and uh, he, 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 he thinks interesting around the pits whenever he uh, whenever he decides to come to the races. Yeah, I haven't had the, the pleasure of meeting him yet, but he I've heard stories. I've heard him on, on Pulp MX, and, yeah, he's he's a yeah. pretty a pretty entertaining guy. Yeah, he is, and uh, it's, it's kind of uh, – I mean, he has a team, and – the owner of the team and, and really his only you know the only thing that he wants is just to to enjoy watching his team race cool. and watching us do good and and uh really he he kind of leaves you know from the most from everything that i see he 
leaves most of the decisions and all that up to to TK, and and he just likes to come and, and support us. And it's funny whenever I first signed with the team, um, I just went out to California, and uh, we we were at a like a TLD like dealer meeting, so a lot of the dealers had um, came into town, and, mm-hmm. and Troy took them all out to dinner, and and all the riders from the race team were like sitting at uh, a table full of dealers, so. I'm at my table and I'm sitting there and I hadn't I hadn't officially met Troy yet. Okay. So I'm like sitting there and he comes up and he's kind of talking. He was kind of making his rounds to each table and he comes up to ours and he's you know talking to all the dealers and then he gets to me and he's like, "And what's your name again?" And I was like, uh, "Jordan Smith." He's like, "Oh, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Like he did, he wasn't even exactly sure who I was." Right. That's, uh, that's a pretty funny story. Like, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, it's funny. He's just a regular guy. Yeah, he is, and he just uh, likes to watch us watch us race, and uh, it's cool. He was uh, at my first win last year in Detroit, and uh, it's cool having him there. Definitely, and everything that's uh, that's cool. What having the boss there to, to witness that one? Yeah, heck yeah, yeah. And on your training side of things, you're uh, you said you're at MTF. What made you choose that over going to Baker's or somewhere else? Yeah, I've uh, I've been at MTF since I was 11 years old. Um, kind of came down and, and I would come down before the, the amateur nationals back then and, and uh, my mom and, and one of my brothers would, would come down and they lived with me down here and stuff and then uh, whenever I was about 14 I I started living at NCF by myself and I've been here ever since and you know I uh, I think that it's a really good program for me and 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 everyone that, uh, that's here for all the amateurs and stuff and we uh you know, we, we work hard, and, and there's a lot of uh, good riders here, and we have a lot of fun as well. So uh, it's been a it's been a good program for me, and uh, I'm comfortable where I'm at. Actually, uh, just two miles down the road from MTF, I have a house with uh, 17 acres. So uh, this is you know this is home for me, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I like it here. So uh, yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think being comfortable is is a huge, you know, with your training, your day to day life, whether it be at, just at home or at the training facility or travel, all those things need to be comfortable and and not overly done, so that when you get to the race day, you can focus on that. And I think we're seeing that, you know, it seems like we're seeing that a little bit with Alex, you know, Martin, who, uh, you know, he's moving on. It sounds like to JGR, but I really, I think Baker's the Baker's program may be a little much for certain people. Just physically, you yeah. know, not everybody can do that, and it wears you down. Yeah, and it's, you know, to me, it's, you know, there's not one program or training facility or, or anything that, you know, it's going to work for everybody. Sure. Um, everything, you know, every every training facility is, is different in its own way, and, um, and, you know, it's just finding the one that kind of works for you. You know, I'm not saying that if, you know, uh, any of the guys that are down at Alden came to DF that they would like it more than that or, or right, not. Right, right, I understand. It's kind of what, what fits you. And, and, you know, I'm I'm a strong believer in that one. It's, uh, you know, you have to be you have to be having fun in our sport. Um, you have to be having fun doing what you do. And, um, yeah, so. Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely act- kind of whatever fits you. Sure. That was actually going to be one of my questions. I've been asking a lot of guys lately, like, you know, you haven't been a pro for a super long time, but I wonder a lot of times if this is still fun for guys at your level when you get up on Monday morning or Tuesday morning and have to go out and do your, 
you know, your, your laps or your, your weights or your cycling or whatever, like, is it still fun? Are you still excited to throw a leg over that bike? Yeah. I mean, uh, at this point in the season, it's, it's, uh, not as exciting to throw the leg. Sure. I can understand. I can understand. Uh, and especially depending on how you did on the weekend, you know, and it, but for me, I try and let, you know, the, a bad weekend kind of fuel me, um, to, to not let that happen again, you know? So, uh, but it's, it's definitely still fun. I mean, Good. to, to, to come out here, ride with your buddies every day and, and that stuff is, is a lot of fun. There's days that it's easier than others. Um, but I still have a lot of fun doing what I'm doing and, and doing it with the people that I'm doing it with. So, uh, right. So that's good. Cool. Well, and speaking, you know, the people you're doing this with your teammates, um, how do you get along with all the guys? You know, is there any one guy in particular that you're like, man, I, I really got, I want to beat this guy, you know, or, you know, what's, what's the, what's it like under the tent with those riders? I no, I mean, I think that, uh, that everyone under our tent is really good. Um, we, you know, we all joke around and, and there's not really, that I felt there's no, uh, you know, any grudges or anything underneath the tent. So um, everyone's good. And, and like I said, we, we go over lap times and, and uh, the segment times and that kind of stuff in between practices. And we're all talking about, you know, what lines we're using. And it doesn't seem like anyone's ever, you know, trying to hold back or anything. We're all there, you know, for, for ourselves. But at the same time, we all try to help each other out a bit. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it's good. Everyone's super cool underneath the tent, and uh, you know, training down here. Sean Cantrell's riding the NPF with me, and then uh, Alex and, and Shane are down in, in Florida. But uh, we all get along good, and uh, yeah, kind of Shane's kind of like the the life of the team. Every morning, whenever he walks in, asking everybody how they're doing, seeing seeing how we're doing, if we're ready for the day. Uh, <laughs> He's a pretty uh, lucky go guy. Nice, nice. Well, how about uh, Shay Murphy? We had her on recently. She's pretty cool. She's like, you know, the team mom, the the PR manager. What's it like uh, having her under the tent? Because she seems like she's pretty great. Yeah, she's uh, she's good. I've uh, got to know her through, you know, the, getting the tickets and stuff in, in outdoors or in Supercross. Yeah. And uh, then I uh, heard that she was coming to, you know, take over that spot on our team and that was pretty cool or she's always been super nice to me and uh so now i just get to uh bother a little bit more about getting an extra <laughs> hotel room or this or that or right do we have a, press or do we have a signing or, i don't have a pitch show for this weekend <laughs> so uh yeah we get to uh we definitely get to bother her a lot that's for sure yeah she seems pretty great so i've just got a couple more questions for you um, yeah. some format changes in Supercross this last year, you know, the triple crown being one of the bigger ones. what do you think of that? The triple crown? Uh, for me, the, you know, the triple is, uh, it was good to, you know, kind of switch it up. And I think it was good for the fans. It kind of brought some, some new excitement. Uh, I think that they're, you know, that they saw that felt saw that they needed to make a couple of changes, um, after the first one. And, and I was happy to see them, you know, tweak it. Yeah. So that uh, to to kind of you know make it more friendly for the fans and and you know kind of change what the fans wanted. So um, I was happy to see that and uh, and yeah, it was uh, it definitely makes for a bit more of a stressful day of racing though for for the racers uh, with having three motos that that matter so much and uh, and then you only you have a very short time in between the motos to kind of get ready for the next one and then yep. uh by the time you get to the last one it's almost 
the length of your normal main event. So uh, it's uh, definitely definitely a day, and uh, that's by the end of it, you're just like, man, all right, glad to get through that one. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine with, with all the with the three three different starts with all twenty guys, and you know that's uh, definitely definitely a bit more stressful. Yeah, I can see that. Especially, I mean, just for the whole team, I mean, like the mechanic trying to get a bike ready, especially if you were to have a crash or a, you know a, any kind of anything that needs to be changed on a bike. There's just no time. Yeah, there's no time at all. Especially uh, the, our first one for East Coast was in Atlanta. Yep. And with the new stadium, um, we had a really long ways to go. I heard that. And we had to push our bikes through the the pits, the inside pits. So we had to push our bikes quite a ways, and then we got on. And we could ride like maybe uh, two tenths of a mile, maybe maybe a little bit longer than that. Might have been close to like maybe closer to half a mile. And yeah. we're like riding up the side of the road, and then we get to like that kind of the entrance, but a little ways away from the entrance of the stadium. And we had to go through security. Like they had to probe the mechanics back. They had to wait, wand the mechanic, wand yeah. all the riders, and then we had to push our bikes in. So. You know, with all of that, a 45-minute break went down to, you know, 30 or, or 25 really quick. So, yeah, I heard. Uh, and then if you get on, and then the, I got on the podium on one of the motos, so it's like, okay, now, you know, that break, that 45-minute break just went from 30, now it's down to 15 minutes. So yeah, yeah. It uh, definitely was really stressful, I think, for, for my mechanic. Yeah, hopefully they'll get all that, you know, all those little things kind of fixed in the in the next year. Cause I'm sure there's going to be more. I know, I know this the schedule is not really out officially yet, but I'm sure they'll get all that tweaked to make things easier for you guys. But um, so okay, my last question really is doing what you do, being a professional athlete, you got to deal with fans, you deal with people like us in the media. Um, what's that experience like? How do you do you enjoy it at all? And what's the coolest fan experience you've had so far? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy, um, you know, all the fans and, and doing all the media stuff and all that at all. And uh, it's, you know, that's what we kind of grow up, you know, seeing all the people like, you know, Ricky and, and James and all those guys. And you see, then that's what you want. You know, you want to be, you want to be that guy that, that yourself as a little kid would be looking up to. And, uh, and so that's always, you know, I, uh, that's one of the best parts of it for me is, you know, getting to, getting to be that guy. Yeah. And, uh, I always try and, you know, be as, as good to the fans as I can. Um, it's hard sometimes with, you know, we got to go out for practice or whatever and, and people are wanting autographs, but <laughs> I always try and be, I always try and be as, as, as good as I can and as friendly as I can. So, uh, it's one thing that I try to try to pride myself on, um, but the the coolest fan experience, let's see. Uh, there's this one kid um, that comes to a lot of the races. He's been coming. I think I think the first time I saw him was uh, maybe at Monster Cup whenever I was an amateur. Okay. Um, and so he's got um, some sort of uh, mental illness. I'm not exactly sure what it is, um, but he comes in, and this kid just – he knows everything about, you know, all the riders. And uh, and he's came to quite a few races, and he always comes by. And, and um, a lot of the races, he, he write, he'll write, like, his favorite rider's notes. And stuff oh, and, that's cool. And hand them to us. And, yeah. and, you know, he's just, like, he's just so amped to be there. Um, 
to be at the races and to see the bikes and and it's like every single time he sees us, it's like the first time and it's uh <laughs> it's really cool just to see that you know yeah. just to see um just how you know how happy we can make somebody you know that's you know that makes you feel good and uh definitely it's super cool and and it's super cool to see that and him just keep coming back and and just keep having the time of his life it's, it's really cool to see yeah, that's that was a really great answer. I I, I dig that, man. That's that's cool. I, I like that you still have that. You know, you still have that fresh outlook on that. You're still excited about doing that stuff. And you know, I I can understand that at times, especially for guys, the upper guys. You know, the Dungies, the Elis, the Villapotos that are just at some point they kind of just get over it. You know, and I, I guess I can see it. Yep. But you know, like I told Michael Mosman this last night. You know, without fans coming to the races, there's not going to be any races. It just isn't. You know, if nobody, no, if nobody sure. pays to come see it, then there's no reason to do it. So I appreciate guys like you that take that time because I think that's that's huge. It's big for our sport and it's important. And I appreciate you taking time for us tonight, Jordan. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Having me on, and yeah, it's uh, definitely a big part of our sport. Um, sure. I mean, knowing that uh, you know, right now going to the Supercross race and the stands are, are almost going to be filled is uh, is really cool, and, and uh, it's cool that. That many people want to come out and and watch us race, so uh, want to do what we do, and and you know that's a cool feeling, and that's you know one of the the reasons why uh, you know racing dirt bikes is still so much fun to me, even though I've been training as hard as I have since I was so young and and everything, it's uh, still fun going going out there and you know having battling for the lead at, at a at a Supercross race and having fifty seventy thousand people you know just yelling at every every move that, that yeah. you make so like being a rock uh, that's, star that's a, yeah that's a that's a cool feeling so heck yeah man um, but yeah thanks for thanks for having me on guys well, you're welcome man thank you for ha- being on and uh hey good luck at iron man go out there and get you a podium bro all right we'll do okay thanks, jordan right, take care luck, man. thanks man yep bye all right bye jordan smith troy lee designs it's pretty good man yeah, good interview. That was a, i thought that was a good interview i, I really really like his attitude i haven't really had a chance to visit with him a lot at the races that I've been to. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to him briefly, but yeah, good dude. Good outlook on the spectator stuff. So. Definitely. Definitely. Very cool. All right, guys, taking a break and we'll be back. I'm Justin Barsha and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. 
Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. We are back from commercial, and our next guest is brought to you by All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are the helmets for your wrists. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarillo, Joey Savacci, and many more trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com or follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or hit me up, darksidemx3 at AOL, and I'll get you lined up. On the line, team manager for Traders Racing Yamaha and the winner of the Plus 30 Vet class at Loretta's, Kenny Day. What's up, Kenny? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going Thanks good. Yeah, good. man, we're we're uh, honored to have you on. I'm, I'm glad to get hooked up with you, man. Uh, talk a little bit about what you do. So, um, I know that Doc wants to ask you about Loretta's right off the bat. So, oh, go yeah. ahead, Doc. I, mean, I just it. wanted to ask how your week was, and I know you had some great riding, and 
just wanted to see how you, how you felt about that week. Man, that that week was uh, I think it was more of a blur than, than being able to <laughs> just enjoy it. Honestly, you know, it was, uh, I was trying not to be too stressed out by it. I was just trying to enjoy it. You know, it was like a, it was a good opportunity for me just to be able to get back on the bike and um, you know kind of switch roles a little bit. You know, instead of being yeah. a manager, go for manager to rider and just kind of soak it up. So yeah, you know, honestly going into it, I really wasn't too sure where I would. Uh, kind of match up you know but my big goal was just to get on the podium there and uh hey man it worked out really well once i knocked the first one out it was kind of like a i could take a deep breath i'm like oh, okay i could i could maybe do this so and it was really cool um you know to just to be on that side of it and to have skip you know coming at me from a different angle of you know hey you got to perform now nice you know it was a different different type of pressure so it was yeah awesome. Yeah, uh, I've never been at all to to spectate or to ride or anything, and I'm not fast enough that I would even qualify. Doc should have qualified this year, but he yeah. had he had a little Some injury, issues. had an injury at Daytona, and then again at Millville. Yeah, I and, had an injury yeah. at Daytona, then got back like going strong, went to Freestone, won a championship there. Then I broke my wrist uh, training out at the training facility I stay out underground MX and tap facility, and yeah. then. Got back on the bike, went to Millville, and broke it again. Finished the medal. Yeah, I saw that. That didn't look like a little injury by any means. I'd say that that looks pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> we we talked about it on here before, but yeah, he bent the medal in his wrist, man. I mean, that's you impressive. Know, yeah, very yeah, exactly. Definitely. And he wear he wears the the Osport dynamic wrist braces, but those are designed oh, wow. they're designed to stop your wrist from pulling backwards. His bro his went the other way. It yeah. went yeah. down, and it just, you know, what are you going to do? But Yeah. Well, Kenny, Never good. Never no. Good. Tell us a little bit about how you came in to uh, become the team manager at Traders. Uh, I, I did a little research on you, but I want, I want to hear your story, your side of the story, and how, uh, how it came to be, because you didn't go into this whole thing, I think, just trying to become a team manager. It sounds like you worked your way into it. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, man, I just, honestly, it was kind of one of those right place, right time things. Uh, you know, we go back been quite a few years now it was like 2014 and uh he now is a wrench for our team but it was a writer for the team tony archer okay. um and uh tony's you know we grew up in the same town we always kind of raced together and uh i'm obviously a little older than him but long story short i just uh he needed a mechanic for arena cross mm-hmm. and uh i was in the middle of coming off an injury so i really i really wasn't working and uh yeah, long story short, man, I just kind of came as a mechanic, and him and I clicked really well. Um, I kind of understood what he needed as far as, like, I'd say just maybe mental stability or maybe just being a, a dad role type thing. And uh, we worked really well, and after uh, a couple of rounds of arena cross, we got on the podium a few times, and then, you know, boom, we won the, uh, the East Coast Championship, arena cross life that year. And uh, at that point, uh Tony was getting helped by Gary Luckett, which is the owner of Traders Racing. Right. And uh, he just kind of came to us and said, hey, you know, you guys are having great success. And Gary had already had an amateur program in place for many years, a few private years. Um, but, yeah, he just kind of said, hey, you guys, you guys had a, a good year quickly. You know, we're seeing we're making a difference. I've always wanted to have a, a team. You know, what do you think about starting this thing? And uh, And I was like, of course. You know, this is a dream for me. Let's let's go. So uh, we kind of went after it. You know, we did um, we did some some supercross that year. We did uh, did some outdoors, and it just kind of started. Man, we started in a van, 
And uh, then eventually we got to a motorhome and you know, <laughs> lived in a motorhome for three years. Yeah. And uh, here we are, you know, we're, we finally, we've gotten to the point now. It's, it's awesome to, uh, to see how much the team has progressed. And, um, you know, no doubt it, it was work. It was a uh, complete dedicating my life, I'd say, you know, the whole time of just, you know, nothing else other than the team, the team, the team. Let's make it better. Let's make it better. And, hey, it paid off, you know. It's uh been a cool journey and we've learned so much but hey you know knocking out a podium and super cross like, <laughs> right? that is a yeah all-time goal all-time goal so yeah I, I i say week in and week out you know our like everybody else in the industry does there it's kind of scary at times because you have teams come in and teams leave teams fold rch folds but then you have yeah. teams like yourself and and hep suzuki and even you know teddy parks with tpj that those yeah. teams are really overlooked sometimes maybe in the media and by the fans, but you guys are doing such a service for our, for our sport and for the riders that aren't the quote unquote elite guys. Hey, I appreciate you saying that. I really do. Yeah. It's... I really do. Yeah. Good. No, I was, you go ahead. And so, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I wish we weren't so overlooked at times, but, you know, having having Luke get on the podium, I think that that really drew it in. You know, where mm-hmm. people started to kind of go, okay, you know, maybe these guys really know what they're doing. And I honestly, I feel like we kind of know what we were doing for a long time. It just really took that that right step in the direction that, hey, this is uh, this is proving it. So, um, of course, man, I can tell you, shut up. There's so many guys out there that deserve better than what they're getting, and, right. and we could go and talk for hours about how our sport works and how it's unfair to a guy like. Luke Renslin or a guy like Nick Gaines that, you know, hey, they can show up and run top 10 and, and get on a podium, but uh, if they don't just go back it up right away, they're just kind of, they're going to get, you know, forgotten. It, it, right. it sucks. So, um, well, and they make honestly, such a small percentage of the oh, overall God. pay, yeah. you know, I mean, no. it's, uh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, hey, you know, I, I think, you know, if you pointed out, there's teams like us and, and, um, you know, Ted Parks' team, you know, I think him and myself, we all take pride in just kind of making our team different in the sense that we put a lot of pride in just making it a kind of family. Yeah. And it's a little less pressure. Don't be wrong. There's still pressure to perform, you know, but that's because we all are in this together. We're all putting our time into it, and we all want the best. But at the same time, it's, you know, we're not as cutthroat. You know, I, I can't – I couldn't honestly look back on a couple teams and go – Okay, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, Nick Gaines has been with us since 2014. Um, we picked him up at Loretta's, and since then, he has been on the team because we believe in him, and every year he's shown it. And we haven't just been like, ah, sorry, Nick, you know, you didn't do good enough. You know, that, that's what's different about our team is that, uh, you know, every year we're, we're growing together, we're getting the team better, and we're able to show up to the riders and, and really, you know, give them a service and um, an understanding of what's going on with their bike. And if anything, yeah. it's I hope that it's going to grow them, you know, to be better riders. So when they get that opportunity, they'll be better off. For sure. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, you have all your riders right now, but how do you, how do y'all go about signing riders and finding those riders to get those spots? Uh, we're always watching just like anybody else. Always watching, you know, looking for consistency, you know, looking to, looking to, you know, you're looking to find like that guy that, that's just hungry, that wants it because there's so many privateers that, that really do, you know, that, Hey, they might not be on the best equipment, but these guys are really making it work with nothing. Those, you know, the kind of guys that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you okay. know, and then 
you know, reaching over to a guy like Skip that has a whole other dynamic of, of racing and how he sees racing and things that he looks at. So uh, together, you know, we we work really well together and being able to piece those things together and, and find good guys. Right, and we're sort of at that timeline of time where the the kids coming in right now may not know who Skip who what Skip's history is. Have you found that yeah. yet, or are your riders that come in like, holy shit, that's Skip Norfolk? Oh no, I think every, I think honestly, Skip will always have that you know that glow around them, you know, <laughs> because hey, you know, McGrath is never gonna is never gonna lose that glow, right? So, hey, you know, I don't ever see that going away. Um, you know, and even if uh, even if the kids have never heard of them, they figure it out real quick. Because the minute that you start working with a guy like Skip, um, it's serious, man. It's yeah. very serious. Like, don't be wrong. He's probably, you know, cooled down a lot since his days in the draft. But he's still <laughs> very particular, very serious about certain things. And sure. There's certain things are, you know, I, I think he would say the same thing. Every, every time there's a race. One thing always you can count on is there's going to be a checkered flag, and there's only going to be one guy that's going to take it. So, you know, uh, he has his ways of, of getting in your head. Right. Cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. He, uh, he he was – I only got to talk to him – I talked to him this year at Muddy Creek, and he was really cool, you know. And I think the last time I had talked to him was probably like 95, maybe, 94, when he was – I mean, he was in a box man with McGrath. I can't even remember what year it was. It was Dallas. Yeah. I was like straight out of high school or, hell, may have still been in high school. And he he was so cool because the autograph signing time was over and Jeremy was in the box truck. I could see him in there. He was sitting down eating or whatever he was doing. And I was like, hey, I know signing's over, but I have this drawing I did in art class of McGrath, and would you just hand it to him? So Skip took it yeah. over there, and then McGrath came out and talked to me for a little bit, and I was like, like I'll never forget that. Correct. Yeah. No. It's, you know, genuine people are hard to come by. Yeah. Um, without a doubt, and I think McGrath has always been that kind of guy, and I know Skip is. You know, the dude sure. has a huge heart, and uh, he'll go, he'll go a long distance to make somebody smile. Definitely. Definitely. Now, and you mentioned your owner Gary Luckett. I mean, he's just a fan of the sport, pretty much. It seems like. Um, and I, I read, I saw an interview, or. I, I was looking online, like I was doing a little research, and you you talked about when you guys started, you had a three year plan. Uh, you're past that now, so like, what what are your goals at this point? What what's the future hold, and what does Gary see for your team in the next year, five years? Yeah, no problem. So, I think uh, you know to start off with Gary, man, he's just an all around amazing guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing else to say about him. Huge heart, you know. Honestly, just you know, I think he's in the position where he can help people and make a difference in people's lives and that's really what he does it for and uh yeah like you said we you know we started a plan years ago and and we got to this point and you know i I think he i'm not gonna say he doubted us but i think for us to pull off the podium was kind of like a holy cow you know like (laughs) this this actually happened and um so at this point if anything i'm gonna say it fired him up a little more and i think he he sees that we can do it and he believes in us and you know with that he just puts it all on us. So, our uh, I say over the next year, or even the next five years, we still want to continue. We still want to grow. We don't want to be, you know, like RCH or any of those guys that have come in, made an impact, and then disappear. That's that's not our goal. We want to survive. But to do that, you know, obviously the sport's expensive, and uh, so I'd say right now our biggest goal is just trying to find help, trying to find funding that will take it off of him. I'm going to say take it off to Gary, so that he's not the guy that's putting you know, running the whole bill. It, it, it's tough. It's tough to swallow. Thank, thank God for results. 
and uh, notoriety to be able to con- continue to push us in the right direction. But uh, over the next five years, I hope that we can just continue to grow. Obviously, we would want to you know, bring on and be a huge part of a manufacturer to where we can be that stepping stone team that is completely supported. And uh, so it's not so expensive on him, but still continue just to, to grow and help out the, the kids that need it most. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, that's that's got to be a difficult thing to, to accomplish, too, you know, with, with a lack of maybe um, possibly funds, lack of um, – tools you know like say from the factory right now to to get those guys involved and to help you it's probably not an easy process i'm sure there's a it lot of a lot of stressful days no it is not at all and honestly this time of the year is more of the you know the most stressful i can say you know obviously we we, we build all all winter to just to make our program the best it is we start racing and at that point we're just hey let's just you know do the best that we can as a team and then we get to this point of the year where it's kind of like, okay, you know, we're, we have, yeah, you start to talk to people and you start to, uh, you know, present ideas to other sponsors, so on and so forth. But, man, for it to really come through and be able to help the team in, in a financial way is extremely stressful. Yeah. Um, the one thing I can say is that I, w- I will say straight up that over the years, we've definitely learned the hard way. We've, we've done things the hard way. We've, you know, pushed it in certain areas that we shouldn't, and we've learned. Um, but I can say now that we are a very well-oiled machine, and I think that we have everything that we need when it comes to staffing, uh, experience, knowledge, you name it, to be able to, if a good opportunity comes, you know, across the desk, and we're able to put a real big budget into something we i believe that we can be a, a, a top contending team i, I honestly believe that yeah so it's just uh you know we have all the i'm gonna say we have all the pieces lined up we're just okay. missing that that one thing that would really help so <laughs> right that, that's that's more money <laughs> yeah and uh i was just curious how y'all go about con- uh, contacting po- possible sponsors and how do y'all sell them on the sport yeah so you know obviously when you're at the races those type of sponsors, you, it's just it's just interacting with people, sure. um, saying hello, you know that type of thing. Um, I always, honestly, have tried to go out of my way for almost every sponsor we've ever had, and just try to make it more of a friendship than just business. You know, it's, sometimes just business can can make things a little tough. But I always try to like reach out to sponsors, and if there's anything I can do, whether it's, you know some kind of marketing uh, effort or whatever it is, we always try to do those things. But um, man, going to, you know, a corporation, that is, uh, that's another element that just is really hard. And that's why you see people, see teams like RCH struggle, you know, they yeah. got the best names in the business, you know, Carmichael and Hart, you know, what they, sh- there's no reason why they shouldn't, you know, have all the funding that they need. And man, at the end of the day, like, yeah, they could probably get funding, but they also know that unless you're doing it the right way, it's almost. It, it's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth uh, half-assing the funding and then struggling. You know, you need to do it the right way. So, going after those guys is tough. You, you know, you got to have the right connections. It's, and sometimes it seems impossible, but uh, I can tell you anything's possible. You just got to keep pushing for it. Yeah, and, and I can only imagine the the hill that you have to climb because you you see teams like like JGR is a perfect example. Joe Gibbs has so many connections through NASCAR and everything sure. else he they do. 
And and they struggle to get like the, some of the NASCAR sponsors and most of the NASCAR sponsors don't come support the Supercross motocross team. So then you take a team that's you know a little bit smaller. Maybe I don't I don't want to I don't know how to describe your team is a little bit smaller than oh, yeah, JJ no, yeah. clearly, and yeah. it, it's even more difficult. So and then for a guy like you, I would assume you didn't have a lot of experience dealing with that kind of stuff going in. Oh yeah, no, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, shoot, to be to be that honest with you, you know, like you said, questions back. I, I had to work for all of this, yeah. and I pretty much just ended up in it. And at that point, it's hey, figure it out, you know. <laughs> and hey, every year we figured it out, you know. I mean, it was it was rough, you know. Hey, figure out how to drive the semi. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, let's let's go. You know, there's so many things that you had to. You know, it's just adversity. You got to overcome it, whether it's in your work or it's in life. It's just you know, it's just part of life, and you you keep pushing. So we're learning, like I said, we're sure. we're, we're learning every year, and uh, I sure that you know I can assure you that we're still pushing to make the team better and find the help that we need, and whatever we have to do to do it, we're willing to do it. Yeah, you, you just mentioned the, like learning to drive a truck, and in the, one of the the interview I read, you mentioned that like you originally you were you were the manager, you were the truck driver. I mean, yeah. people we people call in like to the pulp show all the time and say like, "How do I get in the industry? How do I become a mechanic? How do I get my foot in the door?" Oh. Well, you were in the right place at the right time, and you did every job. You just you know that yeah. that takes a special quality. Not everybody has that drive and willingness. You know, a lot of people would be like, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be the manager and drive the truck. You do whatever it and, takes." And, and that's rad. Yeah, I just I did manager, mechanic, uh, and driver. For, for two years there, and I was man. actually building, building building two bikes during the week, so framing two two Jeez, bikes, man. driving, managing. That's and, like, and I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it's like you just you have to love it. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you didn't love it, then there was no way in heck that I would have made it through. I mean, that was lots, and uh, I can't tell you how many gallons of Monster I put in my body. Over the past <laughs> five years. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's funny because it's like we're we're current two thousand, you know. 18 this was a what seven eight years ago i guess when this started but it, it almost sounds like the late 80s early 90s when guys like you know guys like skip were you know wrenching on a bike all day for at supercross and when the lights got turned down he's loading up washing up and then he gets in the truck and has to drive it to the next to the next city which may be across the country and hell he may be sleeping right. in the box van and they're probably not getting paid much of anything and they do it because they love it. You know, you, you hear guys like Mathis who worked the first two weeks for free. He told the guy, Hey, I'll, I'll work for you for free for the first two weeks. And you give me a shot. I mean, how I couldn't do that. Yeah. Like I can't yeah. put my life on hold to take that chance. You know, that's, it's pretty rad, man. man. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you. I, I know. I appreciate it, man. And you know what? I've met a lot of people along the way in this journey that, that it did the same thing that I did. That we're, we're, we're literally willing to just do whatever it took. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll just I'll do a shout out to a guy named John Garrett that I met years ago. He literally was making like a hundred thousand dollars a year. Loved the sport so much, and he wanted to get into it, just like you said. And he literally just started. He he saved up a bunch of money, quit his job, and started you know helping privateers showing up, working on their bike, yeah, doing anything he could, buying their hotels, you know, you name it, like. You know, you don't find people like that in life, honestly. You just don't, and I've only found it in the sport, and that's what makes it so unique. It's awesome. Well, you, you, how about this? How do you go about, like, on your mechanics? How do you? Where do you get your mechanics from? Are they guys that you – I don't know who you have wrenching right now. Are they guys that you just know? Do you pick them up from MMI? Like, what's the best way 
for a team like you, or what's the best way for a mechanic looking for a job to get get in touch with somebody like you and maybe get a career going? Okay, yeah. No, so I can tell you straight up that uh, social media is huge, you know. Um, I honestly pay attention to the guys that are at the track. you know, And it's tough because if you're not at a national and working for a privateer, I'm really not going to see your face. So that makes sure. it tough. And, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of kids have put a lot of effort into going to MMI. And that's awesome. Um, it's really cool to see the kids come out of there completely full of knowledge, and they're hungry. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that with my experience of mechanics that I've had in the past, MMI can almost be a downfall at a point because it sets you up more of a dealership life, yeah. I'm going to say, than, than what we do. And what we do is just so much different. But um, with that said, I say social media. You know, if you're trying to be – uh, a mechanic on a professional team, put your stuff on the internet. You know, you you have to put your work out there. You have to show that you can do quality work and you don't just half-ass your stuff, you know. So I do pay attention a lot to that. So like, if I see a guy, um, you know, at the track and I'm like, okay, the guy does really good work. I'm always looking at their bike. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, okay. Uh, okay. and at that point, hey, I might, I might hop on, find them on social media, really kind of see what they're about, see what their personality is about. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it and, and you also gotta be, you know, you gotta be willing to kind of put your stuff out there at times. It's, it's tough. There's a lot of fish in the water. Yeah. And, yeah, for uh, sure. You know, it, it, it can be really tough to, to land yourself a job, but, um, you know, you almost gotta be kind of annoying at a time. At times. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta show you want it. And if that, that means, Hey, calling somebody every couple of days, you know, Hey, I'm so interested. Hey, I'm so interested. That, that can be what it takes. Yeah, you never know when that door, you, you may call one day and there's no spot, and the next day there's a spot because maybe the mechanic you have on staff now had to do leave. or you, Yeah, so, yeah, you got to stay in Correct. touch. With, yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons I asked yeah. this is uh, when I was up in St. Louis for Supercross this year, Scott Adkins had his – he has a school, Pro Supercross yeah. Motocross um, Technicians, and, and one of the kids, Kate O'Grady, came up to me, and, and he he's a Pulp Show listener, so he kind of knew who I was and – and, you know, and, and like that night, he's like, hey, do you know anybody that needs a wrench? And I got him hooked up with um, uh, one of the local, one of the amateur riders that we're friends with. And he, he went out and wrenched for him and, you know, made yeah. the night show. And like he, he asked me all the time, maybe hey, do you know anything and anything available? And he's putting resumes out there. And he flew to California to meet somebody that he was going to wrench for. And, you know, so, yeah, he's, he's it's, it's interesting because those kids have it hard. There are a lot of them and there's not very many spots. Yeah. So I can tell you that, um, I actually did have a guy at the end of last year, or through his, uh, he works for Jake Pennington, and he came from, from Atkins' program. Uh, his name was Ryan, and um, I can tell you honestly, like, he was awesome. What mm-hmm. he learned there, I mean, obviously, you have to apply yourself in any any situation. So, whether it's MMI or it's, or it's the Atkins thing, you have, to, you have to want to learn and understand it. But I can tell you that he came out of that program and went straight into our team, and there was no, no worry, you know? Yeah, you might have to just stay on top of them for a little bit to really gain that trust in what they're doing. Sure. But I can tell you that that program was huge for him to where he completely, he just got it. He understood what was going on, what needed to be done. He under, you know, I think Atkins goes through the whole thing, obviously. He's been there and done it. So yep. he's teaching these guys how to frame bikes quickly, be efficient, how to clean things the right way, so on and so forth. So I think that program, uh, in some aspects, is, Maybe a little more beneficial than MMI. Obviously, you're not going to learn as much as you would learn at MMI. But if you're trying to 
specifically be a motocross mechanic. That program's uh, that's gold. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds pretty cool. We had Scott on the show, and yeah, he definitely he's he's motocross, supercross specific. It's in the name of the program, and yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. But um, hey, so my last question for you um, with bikes, um, you know, you, you don't have all the all the benefits of having the factory support, but do the fact, can you go over to factory Yamaha and say, Hey, you know, do you have a good map for this race or were they, are they willing to help you out at all? You get any support from they them? They are. Yes. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. Those, those guys are extremely supportive. I think in what we're trying to do. Cool. Um, so we definitely work together. Also, you know, having a guy like Kip, he could, you know, he could walk up to Jesus, Jesus and ask for a <laughs> favor and he'd get it. But, right. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, he, Kip has a great relationship with those guys. They always come over. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. We had a we had a crazy issue at uh, High Point this year with Nick Gaines' 450, and uh, we had just gotten the 450, and we really didn't have that much uh, time to kind of do a lot of testing. You know, we just did basic stuff to it. But man, we uh, we showed up to the race and go out for the first practice, and the bike's sputtering, you know, and we're we're back there ripping the thing apart. We can't figure it out. We've changed every single thing on the bike. Yeah, and we had no idea what's going on. And finally, you know overcomes uh you know one of the engine guys from factory yamaha and jim perry and they said hey what, you know we hear this thing sputtering what's going on we tell them blah blah, blah and they go hey is it you know what about this and uh sure enough man it just ended up being uh running a different piston hit the spark plug messed it up enough you know but without that support of those guys we would have just been sitting there going oh well sorry nick you can't race so yeah um no doubt we definitely have the support of those guys and i believe that they're happy with what we're doing because you know they're they're on board for us to continue our program for the next two years and Sweet. we're really happy to do it with yeah, yeah and they, hell they can't they can't uh you know hire any more riders so it, it's it's beneficial to yamaha to have as many yamaha teams out there in my opinion as as they can have you know that more riders the more bikes yeah. on the track the more the public sees the yamahas on the track and you know it, so yeah i think that's fantastic that it seems like I say this all the time and our listeners probably get tired of me saying it. You know, we we're, we're a relatively new show, uh, a couple years now. We've really just in the last year got to start going to a lot of these big races, the nationals and supercross, but it seems like overall everybody in the pits is, is, is a family to a degree. They're all pretty cool. I know there's probably some D bags out there, but I, I have yet to meet anybody that's not super cool and super supportive and, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, I think it's really, really impressive when I go through the pits and see how everybody seems to get along, you know, yeah. Riders, maybe they'll have their uh, run in on the track and they won't like each other for a week or two or whatever, but yeah, overall, yeah. everybody's pretty cool. Well, yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, we're, we're all living the dream. You know, I'll be straight up whether, <laughs> whether you're on a small privateer team or you're at the top level, you know, working for a guy like Tomac. Yeah, we're all doing the same thing. We're all just people, and we all are doing what we love to do. And it's hard to uh, it's hard to to get mad at anybody to see you know you're seeing progression out of everyone around you, and it's just making you want to be better. You know, so for sure, uh, I hope it always remains that way. Definitely, I, I agree. I, I think um, I'm so in love with this sport and being a part of it. And hey, getting a chance to talk to you tonight was really cool. I um, I'm really glad that I got connected with you and we got a chance to get you on here. It was really cool talking to you. Hey, likewise. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can do uh, another show at some point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely get you on when we'll get a little closer to Supercross. We'll talk about what's going on and um, get ready for 
2019. Perfect. Sounds good. I appreciate you guys. Okay, thanks, Kenny. Sir. Thanks, man. And yeah, nice we'll, talking to we've you. got the great Skip Norfolk coming up next, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, enjoy him. He'll always be a blast. Definitely. Thanks, Kenny. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Talk to you later. Once again, another cool mofo. Yeah. It's always right. cool ones when I'm on. I mean, right? Well, they're cool every time. That's the, that's my <laughs> point, man. I know people are like, oh, you always like. Some people think I kiss ass, or some people think like, but that's just who I am, dude. Like, I'm super stoked. I don't like, like, I, I, I if I, if I met somebody I didn't like, you probably still say they're pretty cool. I no, I would like, <laughs> like, okay, I'm not a big fan of Ricky Carmichael. Like, I'm just not. But I would interview him, and I would be nice. I'm not going to be able yeah. to hold anybody. I just don't have a reason to. But the re- the reality is all the people that we've met at the tracks, all the people that listen to our show that I've had a chance to meet at, at races or guys like Craig Martin with WPS or, you know, Skippy or whoever, you know, a gringo, like everybody is just so damn nice. Like why there's a, there are some people like you, we had the guy on pulp. I don't know how often you listened like a couple weeks ago. That was like, that dark side guy, man, he was the rant of the week. You know, that dark side guy asked stupid questions. Well, okay, so <laughs> not everybody's going to like me, but that doesn't mean that I have to be, like, pissed off about it. I just – I'm just not that way, man. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm stoked to talk to Kenny. I'm stoked to talk to Kent Skip. I'm ecstatic that when I looked at our stats this last week – okay, so, dude, like three weeks ago I looked at our stats to see how many downloads we had for the week, and they were yeah. close to 3,000, okay. which isn't bad. It's growing, man. You know, uh, two years ago, it was like 100. Yeah. Well, I looked last night. I don't even think yesterday, it was two years ago. I looked yesterday morning. It was 6,500 in the last seven days. Really? So it doubled or tripled. Yeah. I looked last night. It was up to 7,200. Wow. So in eight hours of time, it went up like another 1,000 downloads in one yeah, day, dude. That's I'm like, crazy. I'm really, really thankful for the people that listen to our show. I'm thankful to people that don't like me. I don't care. <laughs> I mean... As long as they're still I, listening, right? I love calling into the pulp show i'm a nerd i love doing this show sometimes i don't do a very good job i love it when tj's on here and you're in here and we have it's just it's fun dude i like talking about motorcycles i like talking yeah. about it i don't know everything i have made comments like where i've heard rumors that i told was a, when i pulled up to millville i was told that alex martin was not racing for troy lee designs anymore this year he was done really and i said shit i don't know if this is a fact i heard it from two people but I took a chance and I tweeted about it. Well, it obviously was not right. Yeah. But, you know, so I don't know everything. I definitely don't have the connections that other people do in this sport. But I don't well, care. It's just time. fun, dude. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm having fun. It's what it's about. And uh, anyway, all right, hey, going to another break. We'll be back with the great Skip Norfolk.
back, and our next guest of the night is one of the most well-known, famous, badass mechanics of all time, Skip Norfolk, race director for Traders Yamaha. What's up, Skip? How's it going, guys? It's going good, man. We're uh, first of all, I'm, I'm a little like I didn't even know where to begin with all the things to ask you with your history, um, dude. What what a career you had. It, I was I was very fortunate, no questions about it. And um, you, you know, Jeremy, how how we ended up meeting and <laughs> how things turned out, uh, I mean, it just uh, I mean, I got to tie Michael Jordan's shoes. How, how good, Dude, how much better can that get? Had, I, so I've never heard that story. Let's just go into that real quick. How'd that happen? Uh, I was at Team Green, and I was in the Atlanta office, so working for Kawasaki. Team Green Department out of Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, a position opened up on the West Coast. Uh, it was right around the World Mini. So that would have been like April of, I guess it would have been 89, April of 89. Okay. And um, so I, 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 I moved out to California. It was the first big event. And, you know, here I am, the new kid on the block. And, and Mark Johnson, who was a Team Green manager at the time, was hey you know just just so we don't upset anybody and you're a new face and everybody that's out here you know let's just uh, why don't you we just hired this kid named Jeremy McGrath <laughs> go over and spend some time <clears throat> with his parents and his dad and himself and he just uh, brand new on the bike you're brand new out here you guys go and meet him and then you know come back and and you'll just kind of be our, our third guy out here if we get busy or something like that we'll just throw you in the mix so. Um, that's how I met Jeremy McGrath and Ann and Jack. Um, and, uh, I, I, I remember, I remember working, I was working on the bike underneath the team green tent and, yeah. and Jack, Jack came over and it was Jeremy's dad and he goes, okay, I just changed the front wheel. What do I got? What else, what do I have to look for? And I said, well, just make sure you tighten up this on the front. The way this design is, it's real easy to forget to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a little bit later, he comes back and he taps me on my shoulder. He goes, how do you know I got that? I left that loose. And I go, man, it's just easy to do. You know, it's just one of those things that you, it's something that's different. It was when they had the castle on the front of the forks. And, right, right. And uh, so we just, we happened to, we just happened to cross paths um, at that, that particular time. And, and, uh, Ann and Jack and Jeremy, for whatever reason, it just, um, it, it just worked. We met, we became I guess good friends. Um, they were, they were like my dang, dang near my second set of parents. While I was out there, because I was just, I was a young kid at the time. I was nineteen or twenty at the time we met. Okay. And uh, and uh, it just happened to, uh, it just happened to work. And then there were some other, other key times I guess throughout his career before he turned pro. And um, I, I remember before the Vegas Supercross. Um, they were, they were, you know, they were out there doing their races and doing that stuff. And, um, they had some issues with their mechanic and Jack calls up and says, Hey, can you, can you help? And I said, you know what? Just have Jeremy load his bikes up, throw them in the truck, drive up to Orange County. He can crash in our apartment. We'll prep the bike and send it back home with him. So <laughs> we brought it in and Jeff King and I stayed late one night and kind of just went through the whole bike. Jeff King, who's now at CRD, um, in North Carolina. And uh, so him and I stayed and just cranked the bike out, got it all working. And Jeremy went on a bike ride 
with a road bike ride with a bunch of the Shimano guys and shows back up, goes to Vegas and he wins. Um, <laughs> not, not that we had anything to do with that yeah. at all, but there were just some things that maybe lined up at the right time and uh, came down the pipe and kind of went on to the, started with the Mitch and the pro circuit guys and right. kind of went from there. Yes, yeah, you know, I'm really bad with remembering date years and when certain things happen. And um, I was just getting in learning about motocross in 1989. I had a friend whose dad owned the local Suzuki shop in Barstow, and I, I didn't know anything about it really, you know. And my first Supercross, uh, I believe it was 1990, um, Osho's retirement year was that was 90, correct? Jer- Jeremy's uh, first. 90s? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so, I believe so cause, yeah, Jeremy was yeah, number 125. Right. No, that would have been 90, 91. So 91 was 125, okay. 92 was, was 91 and 92 were at peak, and 93 was the first year at Honda. Okay, so, okay, yeah, it so. Been, it would have been 91. Well, that was, yeah, that was my first Supercross then. It was Anaheim 91, and I, I didn't know who anybody was, like literally nobody, <laughs> other than I'd read about. I had read about um, – oh, my mind's blanking now. God dang it. Doesn't so – let's pass it. Skip on. Anyway, I met Jeremy, obviously, and, like, you know, those Brian Swink, and I was just walking around, didn't know who any of these guys were, you know, and just getting autographs, which I still have those Team Peak autographs hanging on my shop. Um, oh, very cool. And I just – you know, I fell in love with the sport and – like, yeah, just what an amazing – I didn't know how you met. Like, I, I'd never really heard that story, so that's really cool. And, man, just – it's so interesting how, some, like, these dynasties sometimes just fall into place. Everything just has to be perfect. Yeah, for, for whatever the reasons, it it, it just – it worked. I, you know, I, I'd like to think at some point I was I was able to help motivate him or yeah. not motivate him because he, he was self-motivated, but – just maybe sheltering from everything else to allow him to do what he needed to do mentally before he got on the motorcycle at the races. Um, you know, he always knew, he always knew what to say to me. Yeah. Uh, he always said, he always said, thanks. Um, regardless of if it went spectacular, or if it went absolutely horrible. Um, you know, he was, he always appreciated everything that was ever done. Um, and it just, you know, it, it worked good. I think uh, if he needed to be punched in the nose or patted <laughs> on the butt, I, I knew which one to do. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was able to do the same thing with me. And, and uh, you know, that particular section of time, um, it, it just worked. For whatever the reasons, it worked. Um, and I, I was, I was uh, fortunate enough to be a small part of that. Well, I think you were a lot more than a small part of it, you know, because yeah, it, it takes, especially back then the, the, the bond between a mechanic and a rider, I think was much, probably a lot more than it is now. I mean, like you said, you were the motivation, you drove the box band, you, I mean, like you, you were such, it was, there wasn't 15 guys under a canopy and a semi taking care of things. You did almost everything. Now that, you know, you look at racing and it's changed. There's no doubt it's sure. changed from the late '80s to the until uh, now. Um, the on the track side of things hasn't changed, and I hope it never does. <laughs> the gate drops, checkered flag comes out. The first guy to get the checkered flag was the baddest dude, best dude that particular race. Yeah, it, that's that's how it happens. 
I'm not saying he's the fastest. I'm not saying he's the luckiest. All I'm saying is, is he got to the checkered flag first. He was the best guy that day or that event. Sure. That hasn't changed. The preparation has completely changed. Um, and I, I want to say that, you know, I, I think, you know, I for me, the first time I really realized the, the training side of it, you know, I think was – what I recall was Stanton, you know, that, that guy was, yep. that, that guy was an animal off the bike. as just as much. He was on the bike. And, you know, and then I, I think about Ricky and then Ricky came along and was, you know, was that guy that said, okay, Jeremy, you're going this fast. I'm going to, I'm going to try to match it <laughs> and I'm going to be able to do it longer, you know? And, and it kind of started from there. And then James came along and said, I, I'll, I'll follow you. And, you know, then, and then that succession of guys that came after it. And then I, and, and you look at what's going on with Villapoto and Dungey and, and Tomac and those, and that whole group that's going on now is, you know, it's, they are incredible athletes. Um, they are extremely fit, but something I think that gets lost on everybody is, are mental giants. Each one of those guys is mental giants. You can't, you don't get lucky anymore. Yeah, you know, for you sure. Have to have, you have to have it all together. And those guys are mental giants. It's, um, that's, that's the part that, that blows me away and excites me. Uh, uh, just watching those guys, how calm and cool and collected they are when absolute chaos is going on around them. And it's, uh, it's spectacular to see how that, that part has changed. The racing of it has really changed. And then on the mechanics side of it, you know, I think it's, I think it's a little tough, tougher now. Um, cause it's, it's definitely a, a, a more of a grind. I think mm-hmm. um, and it's a different type of a grind. I mean, you know, those guys are some of the teams build after the race. Um, some of the guys build, you know, leading up to the race, but the bottom line is, is, you know, those guys get on a plane, and their their week starts, and when they land and they start working, I mean, it's, it's nonstop getting ready, prepping, building, preparing yeah. for the worst thing that can happen, going racing, loading up, and going home. And, you know, you, you start over again. Where we were driving the box fans, and we were gone for three or four months at a time, but we had, uh, we had more time to work on the bike and get stuff done. Um, you know, we were responsible for more things, about the motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. There's only, yeah, there's only a few teams, maybe only one team left that, you know, the technicians or the mechanic is, is responsible for building the race engines. I think for the most part, most of the teams now have, it's so specialized, you know, they have an engine right. guy, they have a suspension guy, you know, we did, we had, we had suspension guys back then, but you know, we were the parts that we were the driver. Um, and the guys before us, before me, did even more than that. You know, they'd get their bike and it'd be in a bag. They'd have to <laughs> weld their tabs on for the radiators and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, the sport's evolved, but um, it's what it is. But uh, it was, um, it's still fun and exciting for me to, to come out and try to help some kids play in the dirt and and try to uh, put a good product underneath their underneath of them so they can go and achieve their their goals and. You know, it's uh, it takes it takes a team, um, both on and off the bike now to to win a Supercross or win a national. It's uh, yeah, you don't you don't get lucky. There is no luck. It's no hard work. We 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 see that with guys like Zach Osborne's a perfect example. Man, he he had to work his ass off and go through some difficult times to get and and, and make up his mind that it was time to change some things and and come out and win some championships. 
it's it's I, I, it's all mental for me. It's all mental. Okay. You, know, the, you ha- you're a professional athlete. You have to be fit. Yeah. And for the young guys coming up, if you think you're working hard, you're not. <laughs> um, and and until you can experience, you don't know how much more work you need to do. But if you're if you think you're working hard, double it, and you're maybe kind of will get in the door. Right. Um, you know, but um, it's. Uh, it's, it's a challenge and you know, you, it's, for me, it's mental and you have to, every decision, you know, right before your feet hit the ground. Okay. Every decision I make today is going to make me a better racer person, you know, whatever you want to put in there, but you, boom, you put your foot on the ground and you live your life that way. And it's Mickey Mouse simple, but it's the hardest thing I think anybody could ever try to do. Yeah. I can see and, that. You know, and the, 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 if you're disciplined enough and mentally strong enough, you know, and I think when I look back at Jeremy, it was, he was that strong mentally that it was that simple for him. He'd wake up in the morning, I'm going to be the best motocross racer, and he put his feet on the ground, and he was so disciplined that he could make those decisions and, and work on his craft and be able to execute it on a race day. And it's a, it's a huge, I think it's a bigger challenge now than it was back in 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I think there's uh it's more visible. Um, it's, uh, there's more there. The field is deeper and those guys are faster, stronger, and better. Um, and, and physical side of things and the mental part of it. Um, it's, it's, it's tough and it's a huge sacrifice. And I, I remember listening to Ricky Carmichael talk about the sacrifice and, and what you have to give up. And there's things in, in just in life that you have to put on the back burner. Uh, if you want to make the decision that I'm going to be the best in the uh, motorcycle racing. Yeah. In, yeah. In Supercross and motocross. It's, um, you got to get some things up. And if you're fortunate enough to make it, then of course it's, uh, it's easy to look back and go, Oh, it was well worth it. But for the guys that, um, you know, show up on the weekends and, you know, changing their own tires and, and going to work, it's it's a huge challenge because they've got they've got things that they have to do so they can go racing that the top guys don't even have to worry about. Right. So it's um, which and it makes it more difficult. But if you're able to get through that and you get that break and you're prepared to take advantage of that opportunity, that's you know they can their career can soar. Um, but man, it's it, it can be difficult to get that break if you're not, you know faster than everybody and you're the number one amateur guy coming out or you're the number one this coming out it's difficult now yeah and and kenny kenny and i talked about that a little bit ago and i want to ask you more about that in just a moment i want to give you a real quick story before we kind of get off the mcgrath subject but um 93 so i'm i'm in high school i graduated in 93 uh dallas supercross i come up i have this drawing that i did in art class and it was a terrible drawing i'm sure but it was of mcgrath and autograph signing was over. He was in the box van. Um, and I asked you, I said, hey, I know signing's over. Would you just hand this to him? Do you mind giving it to him? And you stepped over the truck and handed it to him. And he actually, Jeremy, came out of the truck and took more time to talk to me when he didn't have to. And that's a memory that I've still very vivid in my mind of you doing that for me and then McGrath being willing to come out of the truck. And like I said, I've never forgot that. I mean, I'm 43 years old now, and it's been I don't know how many years, but it's it's something I've never forgot. So I want to tell you thank you. Oh, no. That was, um, you know, I'm, 
I'm surprised. I, if you follow Jeremy, he's been going through his attic, bringing up some old pictures and stuff. He he has all that stuff. He's kept every bit of it. Well, um, you know, it's it's there still. But, um, that's that was Jeremy though. Yeah, that that's who he was, and you know that that bled off into me as well. It's you know I can't I can't tell you how many times I we were in the box vans. It'd be you know I'd leave him in the middle of the field with a lawn chair. A box of posters and a box of sharpies. I'm going to do, I've got to start driving to the next race. <laughs> You're on your own, and I'd leave him in the middle of this field. With, oh, that's funny. You know, twenty or thirty, forty people around him. That's just who he was. He yeah. Was, um, you know he he was extremely appreciative of his fans. He loved the fans. Yeah, yeah. I I actually still have some pictures from '95. I was there with my buddy and his wife, and they had a four-year-old son at the time. His name was Drake, um, and Drake loved McGrath. And he would stand, just you know, four year old kid in his diaper, and basically kick his leg out and say, "Hey, I'm doing a knack knack." So um, ESPN was back there by the box man, and Jeremy stand there next to his bike, and we say, "Hey, can Drake wants to show you his knack knack?" So he stood on the table, did a knack knack for Jeremy, and Jeremy picked him up and set him on the on his bike on his factory Honda, and let Drake do a knack knack on the bike, and ESPN filmed it. That's another just super sick memory of how cool. I don't know that that would happen today. Maybe it would. I'm sure it could, but it's just stuff I'll never forget that really shaped my idea of Jeremy and Skip Norfolk. Well, you know, speaking about Jeremy and, and the riders in general, I, I, you know, I do believe that can still happen today. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it definitely is more, it's time consuming. We're on yes. a tighter schedule with live TV and there's a lot of things going on. Um, but it can, and you know, there's a time and place for it. And, and, uh, you know, I hope that's never lost. I hope those memories of, you know, some four or five year old little guy <laughs> or little girl, that's going to be at the next big race that is able to experience that with whomever their favorite rider is. Cause it's, uh, it's too important to, uh, it's just, it's, it's a cool thing. It's what we all do it for. You know, we have all these memories and, and there's things that stick out. And, Definitely. You know, to be, to be able to make a memory or be a part of the memory is a pretty special thing. So it's, it's really cool. And I, I hope, I hope more people do it and more riders do it, more guys do it and they continue to do it. Definitely. Definitely. It's a big part of why our sport's so special, but anyway, after those years though, you, you decided to, you took some time off, raise a family and, you know, and then that's, you just uh, you decide to come back. Um, what 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 made you come back, and how did you get involved with um, traders? Um, I, I think I, racing was in my blood, and I, and I've been uh, been doing the business side of it, the you know the apparel side of it, and has been with a you know a couple different couple companies and have done I love making products you know that's you know so I was product developer developing product and then went on to do some different things moved up the ladder and, and kind of understand and understood and was working on the business side of it more of the motorsports and racing than than the actual racing and um my uh, I guess I guess the boys the family was all grown up they were all adults in the house and and um it just, uh, I just kind of wanted to, wanted to get back into racing and thought that the sport had some, some holes that maybe I can help fill. And, okay. and, uh, you know, you've got these, you've got these young guys 
that are or athletes that are coming out of the amateur ranks and you know, once every two or three years you have one or two of those kids that can come out and are able to step into a you know a factory level and succeed um, but for every one of those guys that do it there's five or six that don't do it or miss out on that opportunity you know riders that have won an amateur title and maybe don't get a chance to to get on one of those teams for whatever the reasons are and, mm-hmm. and have some success or at least try to figure out if they're able to do it or not and you know there was there was very few i think you'd probably count them you know with with three or four of your fingers that were were teams that were there underneath the factory level squad that you know could could compete um, and that's not taking anything away. I don't mean that disparagingly against any of the teams, but there's a, you know, the factory guys are the factory guys. And, Definitely. And knowing what we're doing, you know, we're not, our mics aren't as good as their mics, but putting a, putting a, a platform and a program together that these guys could come in and throw their leg over bike and going, all right, I got a chance and go out and do it. And, and being able to help them learn their motorcycle and do a little bit of testing and, work on the racing part of it, the mental side of it a little yeah. bit. And, and uh, so Gary was one of those, one of those teams that was there and had a, had a small team. Kenny was, I think at that time he was one of the mechanics and yeah, for Archer. And truck driver and everything. Yep. For it. Yep. And uh, so I, I called Gary, Gary and I grew up together um, and we all raced together growing up. And I, I asked him, I go, why are you doing this? Why do you, <laughs> why do you have a race team? And, you know, his, his answer was pretty simple. You know, I've, I've had some great success in my businesses. Um, and I see these kids out there working hard and, you know, maybe I can help them by helping them put a little bit of a better bike underneath of them and maybe helping them with some of their expenses, getting to the races and maybe they have a chance to make it and I can help. And it, uh, I think that was a conversation that took place on a Friday. And by the next Thursday, um, we were, I was, I was on board and we were going down the path of, you know, trying to, uh, going racing and trying to build a race team and build the race team up and move forward. And, 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 uh, with Gary and, and, and Kenny, um, you know, we've, I, I think we've managed to do that. And, uh, I think we have a good product. I think our program is solid. I, I believe our bikes are, are capable. Um, you know, Clearly, we were clearly we put you know with Luke we put one on the podium at um, uh, at Indy and he had fast times, so I think uh, I think that speaks volumes about what we were able to do collectively as a group, rider ownership management, you know, power suspension, all that type of stuff, all the the crew guys that take them apart and clean them and make sure they're perfect when they go back together, the entire staff. I think it it speaks speaks to what we were able to accomplish and um and I, I, the team has grown and we've managed to each year we managed to, to accomplish something that's the first for the team so it's been um it it makes me smile and uh <laughs> I, I know it makes gary smile and i know kenny smiles and and it's a good i think we've i think the riders have become um more confident with what we've been doing and the program we have in place um, and allows them to be a little bit better on the racetrack. Definitely. I'll be honest. Uh, my, um, <clears throat> my thoughts towards your team, like after talking to Kenny and after talking to you, 
like my it's just like I'm so impressed with your your responses to why you do this and the love for the sport. And I told him while we were talking a little while ago that it's teams like you and Hep Suzuki and, and like Teddy Parks, teams that really you're you're not making a fortune. You you don't have all the support you you need, but you're out there giving guys uh, a great team and guys that are not going to get that factory ride, but our sport needs you there. And it, it means so much. And like I told him, you know, when teams like RCH fold for whatever their reasoning is, that hurts us. But teams like yourselves make it happen. Well, you know, well, thanks. I, I, that's, that's much appreciated. And that's, I think ultimately, you know, we're, we want to continue to grow as a team. Um, you know, Gary, our team owner, has made it clear that, you know, he, he wants to he wants to be here for a while. He wants to compete um, and at a level. And I, I think he's I think he's happy with the level of where we're at. And now we just need to continue to broaden that a little bit and 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 have a chance for it to grow and and move forward. We've been we've been very fortunate to have some great partners and the industry partners come along. Um, you know, we've had some, we've been fortunate to have a, a little bit of an outside sponsorship side of thing taken out, you know, taking, taking Gary out of it, you know, from an ownership standpoint, mm-hmm. his business clearly being our title sponsor, you know, but that, that's, that's the, that's the challenge is the outside sponsorship. <coughs> Definitely. Oh. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, no, no problem. To help, to help it continue to grow. Um, you know the industry is the industry has has been really good in support. Um, we've been very fortunate to have some great partners on the industry side be involved with the team. Um, but uh, you know we're, we we still need to continue to go out and and uh, run down the the outside sponsor to yep for the budget side of things to to really move forward and. And that's a difficult oh, um, task. I mean, we see that we, again. Kenny and I talked about some of this. You know, you, the, when some of the major teams struggle to find those outside sponsors, it's got to be even more difficult for you. But you know, I, I see that it is happening. You know, just talking to Kenny, some of the things he was saying, what you're saying is like they're there. You just got to fight for them and, and go after them. And it's it's it is you do, and it's uh, it's a huge challenge, and it's something that is not new to racing at right, all. Right. Um. You know, it's uh, but it takes it takes it takes dollars to to put a good motorcycle on the track and get the get the crew there, and uh, you know, be able to support a crew on a year in year out basis so you can get a good group of guys together, keep them together, and uh, and and build your build yourself up. And you know, we can only hope that our goal would be to grow as, as much as uh, we can with our riders and our technicians that you know we can maintain and keep them but at the same time you know if we if we lose a rider if we lose a if we lose a rider we lose a mechanic and technician to a to a factory squad you know as much as it may hurt us i think we're going to look back at it and and, and smile and be proud that okay you know we we gave them a platform (laughs) that they turned it into a trampoline and jumped up to the next level and um and that we're that's that's kind of why we're here and what we do. And that's part of it. So um, we're proud of those guys that have moved on and we wish them the best. And, and, you know, maybe we, if we were a very small part of them be, you know, developing and honing on their craft and skills and are able to, 
to move up the ladder and, and move on to better things, both uh, from a prestige standpoint and maybe even a financial standpoint. You know, that's yeah, great. We're, sure. we're proud of them. We're proud to be a part of it. No, that's that's awesome, man. Um, Skip, I got two more questions for you. Um, so last last this last Supercross season, they introduced the Triple Crown um, format for a couple rounds. I know that's very difficult for teams and especially mechanics, especially, you know, you know, if a team, if, a, if one of your riders was to get a podium at the first, the first moto or whatever you want to call it, there's almost no time to get back to the truck and prepare. What do you think about that format? Do you think it's something that benefits and is good for the future or would you, you know, just what's your overall opinion? I, um, I'm split. I think from a, if you put yourself in it from a fan's perspective, it's it's awesome. Yeah, you get to see all the guys racing more during the night. Sure. So from a from an entertainment value, clearly it's a good thing. Um, from a, a racing standpoint, and looking at racing not only for the for the team that's there to win, but for the guy who's trying to get into the night program and run a twentieth, <laughs> and we're we're somewhere we're somewhere in the middle. Of yeah. Point. Um, it, it puts a premium, a higher premium on starts, which are outside of the fact that everyone else there is at a deficit. Um, you know, there's our, our, and and I just speak for us, you know, our bikes are probably three to 4%, maybe, maybe that's, I think that's a fair assessment off of what, from a power standpoint. Okay. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, our guys already have to be better when they launch and monitor their wheel spin, and they have to be dang near perfect um, to get a good start. And now you put an, an event that becomes a sprint race, which clearly already starts are so important, and now you put a premium on the start. I think the vast majority of the field is at a deficit. Um, and then if you take into account if something were to go wrong, um, you know, it takes us, we've, and we've, our guys have worked in the shop. It takes us in a clean environment, 30 minutes to do an engine change with all the electronics and everything that has to go on it. And right. in a situation like that, when you have 50 minutes, it doesn't leave a lot of time. So, you know, and our team's not in a position where we can bring in an extra hands or an extra set of hands per guy for that, what if scenario. So it, it, it does put a bit of a, a burden on a, on our teams. Um, and I can't imagine from, from a, you know, from a guy that's showing up in his van with his yeah. dad, him and his dad showing up, they get in for the night program and they have a problem. You know, they may not even have a spare engine, but even if they did, they might not be able to, to change it and get it running between the motos. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would think so they'd be it, screwed. It creates a challenge. Yeah. It takes, it, it, it creates a challenge on that end. You know, the, the, the top teams, you know, maybe they don't have to worry about stuff like that because they have the ability to bring in two or three extra people yep. to help with that. Um, but you know, I know we don't. And, uh, so knock on wood, we were, we were very fortunate that, um, you know, we didn't have any issues this year and it worked out for us. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard, you know, both sides of the, the spectrum with that, those opinions, but it's, I just, I find it interesting because I know failed is they're, they're trying to do, you know, change things up a little bit, make it a little better for the fans. But yeah, I see both sides. So I'm always curious how everybody responds to it in the pits. Um, all right. So my last question is this is very hypothetical. Let's say you and Jeremy in your prime are in your prime 
at this day and age, the way the sport is today, does Jeremy enjoy racing in this environment where it's more businesslike, much more structured, much more, uh, you know, not probably not as much fun as in the nineties. Would he enjoy it? Uh, I, I, I would, I would say absolutely. He would enjoy it. The guy still to this day loves racing and riding mm-hmm. a dirt bike. Um, but I think it's, I don't know that, you know, you always are trying to compare apples and oranges and all that true, kind of stuff. True. So, you know, if, if, um, but I, I would say yes, he would. And cause he'd figure out how to make it work and <laughs> how to do what he needs to do. And that's who he was. So I think the, the easy answer is absolutely he would. Um, but it is different and it does require some, you know, different mental controls and some different things that are happening that, that are, that weren't there. But at the same time, when he was coming through, you know, I, I think he had issues. Everybody's got issues they deal with at the races and different, different people pulling at you and doing those types of things. So yeah, I, I think even though, even though it, it may be different, it, I think there's still a lot of similarities that you can pull back through. And it's, it's something that it's really hard to do when you compare generations. Yeah, I know. I but, just, Thought. But to simply ask you questions, he would absolutely be doing it with a smile on. He he loved racing his motorcycle, <laughs> absolutely loved it. Hell yeah, sweet. And and he he wanted to be the best, and he would do whatever it would take to be the best. So the answer would be yes. Cool, Skip. Thank you so much for some time tonight. Um, I could probably I wish I wish the other guys were on the show tonight because I know they would love to talk to you. So we definitely. Want to get you back on once Supercross comes around. We'll see where everything's at, and we'll, we'll do this again if you're down for it. I'm down for it. Sounds fun. All right, Skip. Well, hey, have a uh, good weekend at Indiana, and good luck. I appreciate it. You guys take care. Everybody be safe, and we'll talk at you later. All right. Thank you, Skip. Bye. See ya. Once again, the great Skip Norfolk. Um, man, I hope I handled that well because there was like a million questions I would have loved to ask, and I just – don't have time so we will do it again all right we'll be right back we're gonna call try to call tj real quick before we wrap this thing up see uh if he answers, he's out, like I said, in West Texas working. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Out in West Texas. It's just me in studio. So uh, Doc has uh, departed. The so, Doc has de- 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 departed from the show, huh? Yeah, once we – he was in the first – most of the show, but he didn't have any questions or really know much about Skip. And he's like, I don't want to just sit here. So it's, I understood. That's fair. He, he did really good, though. Yeah. That may be a little bit above his, uh, before his uh, time. Um, motocross time. Yeah. Know. How'd well, that interview go? Uh, it went really good, man. I'm, um, I feel a lot better about this week's show than I did last week. Like I think I told you, I felt like I did a terrible job last week. Um, you did a terrible job. I listened to it. Okay. It horrible. And I thought about like just we just should have just shut the shot the show down. You know. Well, I mean, hey, it's your equipment. If you choose to do that, then fair enough. <laughs> Not at all. So, but no, it went good. Um, uh, I think you know that I, I did Michael Moseman's interview last night. I'm just going to add it to the end, but yeah, everything went good, man. We had a good night and I just figured I'd call you real quick before I wrap this thing up and edit it and post it. Yeah. You don't want to talk to me about motocross right now. I'm so 
pissed off that people were being such dicks to Pastrana and those guys for trying to do something. Now, I'm not to be the Ronnie fan, but yeah. Pastrana, like, I can't believe they give that dude any bad press ever. I, I really haven't noticed anything today. I haven't been on social media much. I saw that they announced that Ronnie's out and Wyndham's in, and then I saw that Travis posted something where he was basically yeah. apologizing or something, and I didn't really get a chance to yeah. look into it. I don't know what the issue is. Like, what the hell is he apologizing? Well, because people are, like, saying that he was trying to make a mockery of the sport and all this kind of stuff, and the whole point was trying to raise money. And literally, like, the instant that he, he said he was racing, and I'm not the biggest Ronnie fan, Ronnie, it's cool or whatever, but yeah. but I just, um, when I saw TP was racing, I literally that day booked everything to go. Like, I was up in the air about going. There was no question I was gonna. Not, I wasn't gonna miss it if uh, when I found out he was gonna be there. And so I'm glad he's still going because that's gonna. That's. I mean, I may even order in Team Puerto Rico stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very cool. I'm excited. So, yeah, I'll have to try to get on some social media when I get home and look into all that. But, but. well, now that K Dub's riding a 450. Maybe somebody can convince Fights to ride a 250F, and I think they can make you A main. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit on the show tonight. Have you? I'm assuming you haven't. You're not caught up with Pulp from last night. No, I have not. He mentioned that he had talked to some people in the pits, and he's or somebody within that knows something that they their goal is not to even make the A main, if I understood right. And even if they do make it, they may step down, which I didn't understand why. Uh, but well, I was uh, I was upset at the beginning when we didn't send like Baggett and yeah, yeah. and, and Amart and an actual real team and actually try to get two spots on the podium with uh, basically American riders. That'd have been amazing. I I agree. But, I th- I think yeah. You know, we talked. To, I think I mentioned that last week. Like I'd like to see Baggett or or Pike. Well, Pike's having surgery, but yeah, yeah, I'd like to see one of those guys that you know was borderline making the American team, but it, I mean, it's still a good team. I think it's a good cause. I'm happy with so it. Can I'm you cool. imagine Baggett, Anderson, and Amart? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what if, what if Team Puerto Rico won? What if Team Puerto no, Rico? It, that could happen. <laughs> that could happen. They could be one, two, three next year if they would have picked that team. So yeah. Anyways. That'd be cool. Well, TJ, All I just right. wanted to touch base with you for a minute. Um, yeah. Tell me real quick, did you get a chance to watch Bud Creek? I, I did. I guess I, I obviously watched it live because the NBC Sports Gold. I'm just crossing my fingers that NBC gets a hold of Supercross. Man, my only uh, thing with that is if that happens, like, dude, I want, you know, I just want Daniel Blair to have a, I want him to be involved, you know, and he's part of Fox right now. So I would hate, I'd hate to, oh, see, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to see that team like, okay, there's a couple people on, or maybe one person on the broadcast team that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. But but I still I we know well, we we know you love Shaheen. I, I am a Ralph fan, <laughs> but yeah, we, probably we for the wrong reasons. Are like best friends. Probably for the wrong reasons, but <laughs> I, I do like Ralph, and and uh, mainly though Daniel's our boy, man, and I want him to be yeah, involved, and he's so good at it. So if if Fox was to lose the contract or whatever, however you want to term it, I hope that they take some guys like you know, and I like Jenny Taft, but I think she's moved on. Um, right. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm more mostly concerned with Daniel Blair. So, if they do go to NBC, 
then we need to start making shirts instead of like the let, let Brock ride, the let DB, you know, let Daniel speak. Like <laughs> yeah, let Daniel speak. That's perfect. I love it. Right. Yeah. We'll know more soon. I would, they have to announce something soon. I hope so because I got to get that schedule together to do the amateurs. Yeah. Well, I, I plan on uh, the, the, obviously the Texas rounds are a must. And I, I think I'm going to go to Phoenix, which if I hear things correctly, that's going to be round two. So. Yeah. That I want I uh I, I want to go to that one. Yeah, I'll be at probably somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to nine of them, probably for the amateur Supercross. Well, not just, yeah, and yep. in Dallas. And sure. All that stuff, so. Cool, man. Cool, cool, man. Yeah. Well, we uh yeah we had a good I show. We hear that that skip interview. That'll be cool. It was really good, man. And I, and I, I've been hinting at that we were, we're working on somebody, you know, that coming up and I don't know so, what you're talking about, somebody though. that skip knows fairly well is going to do this oh, show yeah. eventually. <laughs> um, it you just, got it in the work. this schedule, this person's about, schedule though. is hectic and it kind of keeps getting bumped, but eventually a friend of skip Norfolk's will be on our show. That's right. So right, yeah. Man. Okay, man, I'm going to let you go and uh, try to do some editing and get this thing posted shortly. Get this posted. Quit being so lazy. Hey, you know, when you're the only one here doing the work, it takes a lot. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, talk to you soon. See ya. DJ TJ. All right, that's pretty much a wrap for episode 91. Hope the show was tolerable. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know. Um, man, dude, like seriously, I, I appreciate any uh, constructive criticism you guys give me, especially when I'm doing this by myself. It's nice to know what I can do differently. Um, I can, uh, don't forget about the giveaway, the pro taper twister aluminum throttle tube for a Suzuki Kawasaki Yamaha four stroke. If you're interested in getting this thing, tag a picture of your, or post a picture of your bike, tag the show hashtag, you know, how Simpson rocks or how Simpson's gay or how Simpson, whatever, man, just, uh, Hal, Hal is such a good friend of the show, and he's really just been supportive, and he gave this thing up for you guys, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and Patreon. you know, Support us on Patreon if you can. We appreciate everybody that does. We keep trying to give them free product or free co- special content that maybe not everybody gets to hear. And hey, stay tuned. At the end of this, I'm going to post the Michael Moseman interview that I did last night. It'll be at the end of the show. Uh, probably won't, there won't be any outro or whatever, so... Guys, talk to you next week with episode 92. All right, Moto X Pod listeners. Our uh, next guest is a first-time guest on the big show. We interviewed him in St. Louis, but it's Rockstar Energy Husqvarna's number 64, Michael Moseman. What's up, dude? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, enjoying the Florida sun down here in uh, in Florida. (laughs) Yeah, how how do you like the humidity down there? Because it's pretty rough here in Texas. Oh man, it's uh, it's hot. It's hot. I got a little sweat going right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I've been British, but I, I, it's uh, it's made me really sensitive to the cold, which is a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, um, I can see that. I can see that. We we don't get a lot of cold, you know, here in Texas too much, and and it's the same, I'm sure, in Florida. But when you're on the road, especially in Supercross season, I'm sure you get a lot of it. Yeah, but dude, like even like like little stuff like airplanes like stuff like that like it's a shame man it's a shame wow that's yeah that's that's interesting 
Hey, but also, like, being that you live in Florida, you pretty much assume that you don't ever need any sweatshirts or pants or anything. So that, that also might play a role. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I understand, man. Like, I, I think the weather's fairly similar there as it is here where we're at in East Texas. And you probably didn't ever, you didn't get a chance to come run. Did you ever run Freestone as an amateur? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you. It's nasty, dude. Nasty hot. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, we're coming off Bud's Creek, and um, I think I texted you after, like, Moto 1. Um, you you had a pretty good battle with, like, Jordan Smith and Mitchell Harrison, and, man, you know, and, and then even Unadilla, you had a whole – you led for a little bit. These last couple weeks, what has it been like for you? Uh, man, things uh, are just kind of just kind of slowly making progress. Uh, just being consistent, I think um, staying off the ground has helped a lot. Uh, and then, and then after the whole shot at Unadilla, it kind of just gave me a little confidence boost, uh, especially in my starts. And so, um, from then on, I've kind of been able to, uh, I don't know, just just get up there and mix it up with those guys. So, I don't think it's anything like crazy. It hasn't been like a light switch by any means. I think it's just been slow progression throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, and and even like Millville second moto, that that was like a little bit of a, a spark and. Uh, and then like qualifying good at Washougal, so uh, it's been it's been a long, slow, steady process. But uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I, I, I've seen your improvements, you know, and like, you know, we know that in this sport, this is your rookie season basically. It's your full, first full rookie se- full season. Right. A lot right. of times, you guys coming out of amateurs, they don't give you a lot of time to learn all the things. You know, whether it be you've got longer motos than you're used to, you got all this travel. It's a lot to adjust to. Um, and sometimes the teams maybe don't give you enough time to adjust, but I do see the improvements coming. Um, I, I see, I, I just feel like, you, like you just said, you have some confidence after leading and getting starts. And man, that's that's really the key, I think, at your level is having confidence that I can run with these guys. Like I, I can go up there and I can battle with these guys. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, I have people tell me like before going pro, even mm-hmm. uh, it was like you got to get a start and like if you, don't, if you don't get a start like you're never going to see that pace of the front guys and you're never going to be able to like learn it um but if you do get starts like it comes it just comes naturally as you as you're up there and you're like oh i can do that you know you do it for 10 minutes you do it for 20 minutes whatever it is and then um slowly you're able like oh man like i can do that like even this weekend let's treat like i was there made the mistake like kind of drop back and do like a you know, eighth slot or whatever, seventh, eighth. Um, but, like, I, I knew I could be up there with those guys. Like, even this next weekend, I'm like, why not? Like, yeah. why not just, like, get up there and stay up there? So. Yeah, and I think you're going to do that. Like, I think what I texted you, you were, you were battling with Savachi, which, I mean, Savachi's won a lot of races. He almost won a Supercross championship. And you were battling with him and giving him every, you know, all he could handle. And Dude, that right there tells you you have the speed. That blows my mind. Like, he came up past me, and then he was he was ahead of me for, like, three, four laps. And then, like, I passed him back, and and then I thought he went down. And, like, <laughs> it was just, it was just, it was like, you know, so, so even within, like, a feeling for me where I, like, my, my potential could be, like, mm-hmm. a mediocre eighth place just because I was kind of in, like, the midland and, you know, I felt like there were some guys ahead of me that um, I for sure could run with. Um, but then there's like there's like that 
well, this guy, like, is, like, a, an animal, you know, and, like, I was right with him. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's there's uh, always some sort of positives with him. Absolutely. You know, and how is your team with you as a rookie? I mean, are they are they pretty understanding? Is it sort of low pressure right now? Or, you know, how do they treat your um, your finishes, your 11th overall in points right now? Um, they're, they're pretty, um, I think they're pretty pleased. Like, obviously, it, it could be going better. And uh, I, I started out rough, I think, was kind of recovering from um, – the Supercross season and, like, a hit on my confidence throughout the Supercross season uh, as far as moving into the outdoors. But uh, I, they're, they're pretty pleased, and, and they see a lot of potential. Uh, and I think, I think most people uh, who are close to me uh, see that. And, and, like, it, I don't know, it almost sounds a little bit uh, arrogant to say and, like, that's never how I want to come off. But, uh, yeah, so, so they're, they're – pretty pleased and uh yeah hopefully hopefully get signed next year and um yeah move on from there but uh, things are things are looking good so far and, and they feel like uh, there's there's certainly some promise yeah i definitely can see why they would say that or feel that way and i, I definitely think you need more than one one season to establish right, yourself right. but it's just not enough i mean it's it's unfortunate that there's so much pressure on you guys coming out of the amateurs um so, you know, so just to put it in a little perspective, um, like my bonuses go through seventh, mm-hmm. um, and so like ideally that's where they want me in, um, and then you know I mean just like just like okay they would be happy with that obviously if they're gonna do any sort of rewarding yeah um, which um which I I uh, have been outside so far uh, yeah you were so, close at Redbud you missed it by one spot last uh, man. It was, yeah. So, uh, and then, and then, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, anyway, so they're, uh, they're pretty pleased. But uh, I think Bobby keeps saying that, uh, uh, like, two years or something, it's kind of, like, two two more years than he thinks I can really be doing something. So, so I don't know, I think Bobby's, Bobby's pretty dang good as far as uh, how he treats his riders. And, yeah. And rooms and scuba and, and those guys they understand it takes time. I mean, uh, they understand that I'm not going to go and race with Plessinger uh, this weekend. You know what I mean? Sure. He's been in this thing for a while, and and so they they get it. Yeah, I've heard that Bobby's really good with that. You know, and um, you know, very understanding and and willing to help mold a a rider, especially if you have a good personality and you're willing to listen and and just a little bit that i spent with you it's obvious that you're you're a nice kid you've been brought up well and that you're very um excited about learning and doing better thank you thank you yeah Yeah. so let's talk let's talk about supercross a little bit this was your first season supercross you missed the opening round at dallas with a concussion but other than that, like how how was it for you? How did you feel comfortability wise riding Supercross? You know, it, it's a whole lot different than that outdoors, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, man, Supercross is rough for me. Um, I so one last year High Point, um, I I blew up my shoulder mm-hmm. and uh, it it needed surgery going into the year, 
uh, the outdoor season, but I had the opportunity with Rockstar, and I couldn't help take advantage of it. Um, and so rehabbed, raced, didn't have any issues until I really hit the deck. And, uh, and so I had to do uh, bone trans- transplant, like the Adam Cicerillo, like, full deal. Oh, wow. And uh, so, and then I'm not see. I think it was four months, which was an incredible recovery time uh, for for such an injury. It was four months to be back on a bike. Five months um, after five months, I could go like full speed. Uh, and I actually, I was super nervous um, to start Supercross. Particularly, yeah. I had a I had a, the first. Uh, it was like a like a photo shoot, and it was it was like the two days before I got cleared of my five months. Oh wow! And I was I was like a little bit nervous because my rehab didn't go um, as well as I would have liked. Um, just with making the switch uh, from California to Florida, and uh, that kind of time was was a little bit tough um, to, to stay on top of it, and so. Um, and, and just being between programs kind of thing, you got a, a few different people in your head. And so, um, but so then I, I, I rode Supercross before being officially told by a doctor, hey, you're good to go. And I was super nervous, but I got out there and like, I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, it's all right. <laughs> and like, sort of like, pretty big whip that day. It was like, I don't know. It ended up all working out. But, yeah. Uh, and then, and then a little bit down the line, I, uh, I, I had a rain across that I had to do before the season. Um, and, and I didn't really get too worked up or nervous about that, but uh, it definitely was an extra hurdle that uh, would have been nice not to have. Um, and so, so got through the rain across, um, but, and then I had a, a big crash in the whoops um, gearing up for, for Dallas. And uh, it was a day at that new test track uh, up in, in, uh, right by the right in Temecula okay. and the, the, the whoops were gnarly and uh, no water that day didn't prep it and it was just uh, like Osborne and I I'm pretty sure out there and I, I was hitting them pretty well but uh, I think I just missed one and, and I hit my head pretty good I think I was out for um, 30, 30 seconds or so oh wow um, and I've, I've never been knocked out before um, and so Bobby, he's had some experience with this, um, and and he just it way way on the cautious side, and so they actually had me sit out for uh, a month, a whole month, uh, to to let it recover, and um, and so after that, I got back riding, um, and I think I spent two weeks on the bike, and then I showed up at um, Atlanta. <laughs> And I showed up in Atlanta with the uh, the Triple Crown. Right, yeah. And, uh, and let's see, I think it was Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you had to qualify your way in. <laughs> yeah. And then, then I was in, like, the, you know, the C group, I think. Yeah. And uh, so, so, so just with that preparation, like, I wasn't where I necessarily wanted to be. Um and, and so it was definitely tough on me. The season, obviously, it wasn't like a season of my dreams per se, but um, overall I made some progress and uh, I learned a lot 
And uh, so I, I, I definitely learned a lot for this coming season as well as far as things I want to change and what I want to uh, what I want to do and what I want to improve on. Um, one thing that's funny is like like whoops, like obviously it's a rookie's nightmare. Uh, <laughs> right, right. But but uh, I I was you know we would video whoops and study whoops and I study other people going through the whoops. And I never really got to like I never really understood what I was doing wrong per se. And uh, just the other day, um, I was like going through my phone. And I'm I'm watching videos of me going through the whoops, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? It just it was just clear as day. Like when I was racing Supercross, I could not see like what I was doing wrong. But oh, now wow. after doing it, and then I look back, I'm like, man, I know like what, what was I thinking? That looked terrible. Um, and it, and it's and it's exactly what everyone else was saying to do um, is, is what I need to fix, but I, I couldn't quite see it, and yeah. I first was scared to do it. Um, anyway, well, that's cool that you you're able to see that now, and, and that it's you know it's showing maturity. You know, whether it be riding maturity and mental maturity, and that that's good. That's that you know help you next year for 2019, which it'll be for here sure. before we know it. So, oh yeah. So oh yeah. You mentioned. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, you mentioned riding with Zach, and I, I'm just going to assume you've had some time hanging out with Phil a little bit. Uh, Filthy Phil. What's something that you've learned from any of those guys? You know that they're uh, veterans at this point, and I'm sure they are willing to teach you some things. Yeah, uh, I haven't had a lot of time with Phil just because he's not down here in Florida. Um, I have spent some time with Zach and uh, some time with Jason and and Shane and. Um, I think everyone, everyone's kind of got a little bit different method to their madness and, uh, and just, you know, people go at it different ways. Um, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, I don't know if I have a specific thing, but like, I don't know, just kind of how they approach things, uh, a little bit of mental aspect and, and then also understanding that, you know, um, like I remember Zach before, for like my first pro race at Hangtown, he's like, dude, you gotta rev the bike out like crazy, and like because on these two fifties, like that's the only way it pulls. The, the tracks are so much deeper. Yeah. And I was, I was like, bro, like, I don't ride that way at all. Like, like I am low rev. So, and uh, so I, I don't know. So some some stuff for sure you can take in, and others uh, maybe less so. But sure. Uh, just even being around them, you know, and understanding, okay, that's what it takes. Um, and just watching what they do. And, and I think the biggest thing between it all is just applying yourself. And those guys, they just apply themselves day in and day out to whatever it is. And so, um, and that's tough, man, because it can be discouraging. Like at, at minute 29, the 30 plus two, it's like, uh, you know, and maybe you have, a good sketchy moment and it's like those guys they just they just continue to apply themselves and uh, I think that's what makes them champions yeah I think you're right like I, I hear a lot with those guys when they're on <laughs> Pulp MX and, and they'll mention you know they're out there for a 30 minute uh, moto or whatever they do on a practice day and like they come in they're like oh man you you almost you almost lost it there through the whoops and they don't even remember that they block that out somehow 
And yeah. I know for me as a slow amateur, like when I have a sketchy moment, I'm like, all right, it's time to go home because <laughs> <laughs> I can't block it out. I don't know how they do it. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I have I have some where uh, I, you know, people be like, oh man, that was crazy. And I was like, no, that was fine. Like that was totally <laughs> right, right. And and I have others where I'm like, man, did you see that? I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how about you know when I met you at St. Louis, you were you were at the press conference, and I, I believe you were with your mom. Um, is is that somebody that travels with you most races and has been a big part of your your obviously your amateur career, but helping you um, get through things with your pro career that maybe as a young younger kid aren't so easy? Yeah, um, my mom and dad are both super involved uh, in my program, and uh, my mom she's actually getting on a flight to Sweden today and uh, so she's going to miss the last two rounds um, she's going to be like traveling around Europe and uh, doing some, she's from Sweden originally and oh, then, cool. uh, she's got some people there meeting her and so uh, anyway so she's bummed to miss some but uh, this is kind of the time of year or whatever to do it but um, yeah. but my dad my dad travels to um, most all the races and uh and as far as like transitioning, um, I do I do quite well on my own. Uh, as far as like, I'm pretty independent, and I'm I'm living in Florida by myself. Um, you know, cooking and cleaning and all that good yeah. stuff. And um, and so on the weekends, it's just good to have like, good to have family, and uh, uh, I don't know, just just it's cool to uh, have them a part of it, and just to to continue to share it you know it's a, it's a huge uh motocross has been a huge bonding factor for our family absolutely uh, and, and it continues to be so it's, it's just cool to share that passion yeah i think that's really cool and one of the reasons i asked that is i, I was doing a little research on you and I, I read an article that you did with trans world uh, an interview and you you said like this last year i think it was was your first experience like paying for a hotel yourself and and yeah. this maturing process, you know, because you are, what, how old are you now, 18, 19? 19, 19. Yeah, so okay. you're a kid, dude. My kid, my son's 20 years old and is just moving out of the house. So, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like, and, I mean, I, I, I will say, though, it, it felt a lot cooler being 18 and moved out to 19. <laughs> 19 feels like it should, it's like expected, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely been something that, um, excites me and um it's been cool to to be kind of on my own and yeah uh, i don't know makes it even even like a young age like going on flights or whatever and like knowing my way to the airport it's like just small stuff like that um that like makes you feel cool you know you're just like oh i got this life thing like i know yeah. what i'm doing that, i mean i think that is cool man because i i know that i probably wouldn't have been mature enough to do that at 19 i was shit i was still living at home at 19 so yeah, that's that's pretty cool. You've got a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff on your shoulders. I mean, you're a professional athlete. You, you know, you're making your money, and you, you you're trying you're you're learning who you are while in the spotlight to a degree. And I'm sure that's not always easy, but it seems like you're doing a really good job of it. Um, uh, yeah, I I would say it's been good for sure. Um, yeah, for sure, getting to know myself. And uh, and growing through this process as well, and yeah. just having that that freedom. Um, but so 
Yeah, good. All right, so I've got just a couple more questions for you. Um, in that same Transworld article, you mentioned at Atlanta, like having Zach pass you, and and you you were kind of like, oh crap, you know, like it, it, the way I took it is like this is like one of your idols almost, and you're being passed by that guy, this guy. But have you gotten more confident since since then, and like you know you belong with them, and you're you're basically you're the same. I mean, you're you're a professional racer now. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's still kind of clicking with me. Um, even just like this past weekend, I think I was like reflecting and it was just like, whoa, I was in the top ten. And then you look at the names in the top ten, you're like, oh my gosh, like that is the top ten. Like, like I'm the top ten runner. Like that's that's who I am right now, and um, which is just crazy to think. Um, I don't know. So it's it, it's still kind of. Um, Sinking in, sinking in a little bit, yeah, I'd say. But uh, but also, I realize that I am capable. And and one thing that um, I've kind of started to remind myself and try to replace in my mind is like um, that I, I am going to win races and uh, I plan on winning championships. And when you have that mindset, that okay, at some point, like that's that's what I'm going to do. That's who I am. Yeah. And so it's not like not like oh like you know i'm i'm this right now it's like no like that's who i am gonna be so why not take a step towards that into that right now you know what i mean like yeah, that, that's a great way to look at it. a great attitude man I, I i dig that like like who is the championship michael Mosman, and how can i take a step towards that or like you know what i mean if i if i get a great race like okay that's that's what that's what I am. That's what I do. Like this is where I'm going. Yeah. Um. So so to, I don't know. It just kind of helps put into perspective that it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't just like a fluke. You know, this is this is where I'm headed. So absolutely. Rather than you know it because it and and there is still a surprise factor and excitement to um, any sort of achievement, but um, yeah, I don't know. No, it's cool. It, it, it tells me that you're you're building towards something that you mentally know that you can be there, and and you have goals. Yeah, for sure. All right, sure. so nationals are almost over. Um, do you have a favorite track at this point? Ooh, favorite track. Um, uh, a, I like Colorado. Um, I seem to do. I mean, I. I feels just good there mm -hmm. um and, and i think it has a lot to do with uh, there's a lot of line choice to be had there um and i enjoy that because you can find some hidden little things um unadilla was really fun on press day uh <laughs> before it got rained out yeah uh, millville millville was fun i liked the jump and so maybe millville would be the the favorite track um so far yeah that was but that nice. was yeah. That was my first time there, and that place I thought was beautiful. And man, it was it was a lot of fun on Amateur Day. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my I last question: um, How about fan experiences? Have you had any really cool, like, any fans come up to you, any kids, anything that was just really stands out? That was a neat experience. Fan experience. Um, I don't. This is just the first one that comes to my mind because okay. it's kind of, it, but. Um, there was a uh, there was this ministry. Uh, it's called Race Ministries, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, that was at Unadilla. And what they do is they help underprivileged kids 
um, like race and or, or ride dirt bikes. Like they provide bikes and a track and all this stuff, and they help them out. Um, kids who would never have a chance to do such a thing, um, and 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 they help them out, and so and so they got all their shirts, and they're you know they're a group of like 25, 30 um, between between all the kids, and then the, you know some family members and stuff, and yeah, and um, and they were just sitting on the bike, and so I like kind of jumped in and took photos of them, and ended up signing a bunch of backpacks and shirts and stuff, and that was cool. But then uh, like the next day or something, there was a post on Instagram that I saw. And uh, the caption was like, oh, we had a great time, you and Dylan. And there was a bunch of photos of, like, them interacting with, with me and, and some of the photos we took and stuff. And, uh, and then it said their, their, uh, their favorite time, or in the, in the caption it said, when we asked them what their, like, favorite thing of the day was, they all said, oh, when we met Michael Mosman, uh, you know, and the, the racing is like, man, that's just cool that um, – that I could be a blessing and that I could be um, just brightening some, some kid's day. And uh, so, so that was just pretty cool just to be able to, um, to help and uh, I don't know, try and be a good influence. So. Yeah. I, I like that because I know how busy you guys are when you're at the track and it's, it's hard to get a minute of your time. And the man, the fans look there, there wouldn't be professional racing if the fans didn't show up. And oh, yeah. for you to take some time, uh, you know, sometimes some of the riders, it's very difficult to get a picture with oh, yeah. or a moment with. So for you to do that, I guarantee you made those kids day. And that, man, that makes me happy. Thanks. Yeah. No, it made me happy too. Yeah. Well, that's rad. Michael, man, I, I really appreciate you taking some time. Um, I know you're busy. Um, it means a lot that we could schedule this and it was really oh, great wow. meeting you. And I look for great things out of you, bud. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been good, man. I always appreciate uh, talking on podcasts and stuff. It's cool. Absolutely. We'll 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 do it again before around Supercross time. We'll get you back on and and um, we'll talk a little more. But man, thank you so much and good luck this weekend at Ironman. Sounds great. Sounds great. You uh, have yourself a great day, man. You too, Michael. Thank you, bud.